So, today's the day I'm at 666,000 subscribers. <laughs> Don't. We're going to have to start that one with that, didn't we? Samantha said we're going to have to turn that on its head. Yes, please. Please. We make it a good number. Yes. Mm. If you haven't seen the, I think it was about 30 minutes we did on Atwood Unleashed with Samantha Brown, such a charismatic speaker with a heartbreaking harrowing story but she comes out the other end with this massive smile and this massive energy and she's just doing such important work right now for the movement but she does say babe a lot so <laughs> just to clarify like to make that claim before just a disclaimer it's not that sean is my babe it's that everyone's babe like They'll know. They'll, if they've seen my interviews, they'll know. He slips out every now and then. <laughs> so, huge thank you for coming on. Thanks. And this is a whole new audience now to what, let's think, that what we did previously. So, we're going to go over your entire life story in, in as much detail as possible. Yes. So, start with what part of England in, in the beginning when you was a kid? <laughs> <laughs> Where am I from? Yeah. I always say proud northerner, Manchester, uh, born and bred. Um, I'm so proud to be from that town. I just think we're a bit friendlier up north. Like, Definitely. Like, you can smile and so be like, you're right. Uh, yeah. Not what do you want? Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is why I think and I always say like it's so important that people understand that I co- didn't. I come from a non-domestic violent home. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing was nothing was happening to me and my sister we had a loving a loving mum and dad who who like cared for us so much you know what I mean took us on holiday every year made sure we had food in the cupboards um what part of Manchester was this? It's called Chaddington, babe. Chaddington? Chaddington. Chaddington. Do you know it? No, where is it? <laughs> it's a shit hole. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> but, um, no, it's a little... Is that South Manchester? North Manchester? No, it's North. It's North, north yeah. It's like um, like near, uh, I guess, so I'm trying to think, Cheetah Mill. Like, that's probably the okay. closest place that people will know because it's like Moston and Cheetah Mill yeah. and then Chaddington. Um, but luckily, I've still kept my uh, Northern accent <laughs> very happy about that um, considering I live in Birmingham now <laughs> but yeah loving home what was it like dad. in school for you right so this is the thing like school it was mad because I guess already we was kind of influenced a little bit by technology do you know what I mean but in school you know I was a, I guess I was labelled a naughty kid um, I've got ADHD and right. um, was that diagnosed back then no it wasn't and that's the thing like it, that, that's why it's mad because I think if we look at like how society's moved, we've got so many labels for things now, but really I'm yeah. just a bit of an erratic person and I can't focus on something unless I'm really enthralled in it. And let's face it, the way school is, they're talking at you, they're not talking with you. And I was a little bit naughty, um, wagged school, I guess, um, started smoking weed at a young age because... The only bad thing at home was with my mum and dad, like in regards to their relationship, not not their their um their parenthood. They were amazing parents. It was just they had a really toxic relationship with each other. And I think that was when I started to go a bit disobedient, a bit naughty when so I So did gone. you hear them arguing a lot then? Yeah, yeah. And and they, you know, they were aggressive to each other and it was it was we never seen it like me and my younger sibling, but the I tension guess, passes down, doesn't it? And you can pick it up there. Like yeah. I'm sorry, but like younger yeah. younger children, like we are so inquisitive like as younger younger children and we can pick up on energy and 
I guess yeah, I also had the whole social construct of you need to have a perfect family. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think divorce was still a bit frowned upon. Like, you know, it was like a broken home situation. Mm. And everyone, you know, says that you're meant to have a mum and dad, you know, and everything's meant to be perfect in your life. And let's face it, like, that's not the case. And we need to break these social barriers. Because for me, like, we have parents that are abusing their children. So how do you think that they feel when you're telling them you're meant to have a perfect family um I've learned over time that family doesn't always consist of blood like there's a lot of people in my life that I consider family now mm. um but when it was at that time I really resented my parents mm. I I looked at them as that they well I kind of blame myself for them breaking up and I guess when anyone who's got kids will know like when you're like 13 and 14 you're going through your hormones and all that and yeah I guess I turned into that um what is it, Kevin and Perry? <laughs> and I was just like, shut up, mum, shut up, dad. Like, you know, and I got this hidden responsibility at a young age to look after my little sister because um, my dad, bless him, like he was trying his best, but he got left with um, some arrears from the house and he was trying to get a better job. So he had to go and do like nighttime university courses. So I, I was there looking after my sister. And I started to be a bit of a rebel at this point, started hanging about with older boys, started to be um, a bit more sexually active, I guess, started to look um, at myself and started to think that the attention I was getting was love. And I think that's where it can be confusing in, in a dysfunctional home if you don't really address this to your to your children because when you don't, like, you can get really confused. And I, I, I was so confused. Like, I was just so angry at the world and I just wanted to have my childhood and I guess I felt like it was being taken from me, you know, like with the being able the responsibility and stuff so how many siblings did you have one one yeah okay. i love i love my little sister she's what, amazing what was the age difference five years oh same with me and mine really yeah yeah and yeah. it is like when you're younger like we're best mates now but mm. when you're younger like you can be like mate go away like do you know what i mean like you're annoying like it's like you're 13 and like they're like eight and you're like nose <laughs> off like um <laughs> and you know I guess that was the case and you know I used to get angry at my little sister because she'd be like tell my dad that I'd have people around and be like stop grassing on me I was the same I was the same I'm like what am I doing I shouldn't have them round Dave yeah yeah I'd stop telling them what to do get a shoe out (laughs) (laughs) thank god there's no shoes honestly Um, but yeah I I guess like um, I started to kind of like rob from my mum and dad's purse you know and just kind of had this really F you attitude and like I say I was smoking started smoking weed at that point and um, started drinking on the streets. Because there's a lot of gangs in that part of Manchester, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. So were you interacting with gang members? It's or? mad because at the time you don't see it as that, but there mm. actually was rival, postcode rivalry, like with the groups I hung about with. And it was funny, I flitted from group to group. <laughs> my cousin was on one group and then the, the, where I lived was classed as like Moston, so there's Moston and Chad in it. It's like postcode wars. Yeah. But it's mad because thinking about it now, like one of my friends was shot in weed at like under 16. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like he was getting criminally exploited and he didn't know and I'd just go around with him like that oh my mate my mate's a badass like do you know what I mean yeah. and it's like so <clears throat> I think when I started to go through school like don't get it twisted I was smart like I got I got like seven A to C's um and I I guess I pushed past the barrier of them saying oh you know you have to have this were there some subjects you really enjoyed 
Yeah, of course. Um, believe it or not, drama. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me? <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice though because I've always got this back in me now. Like yeah. I lost this part of me a long time ago. And when I was a kid, I used to be really like, "Hi, I'm here." Like, yeah. "Hello," and um, I really liked as well. I liked. Um, no, I think it was just drama, really, and PE. Yeah, PE, I liked yeah. Because I wasn't the type of person to just sit there and listen. I got bored, so I liked activity stuff, kinesthetic learner and all that. But <clears throat> I guess when it was when I left school that things started to get a bit, um, I say dark. It's so weird because like I think we all have these turning points in life, don't we? And you always say, oh, if I didn't go over that right down that route, what would have happened? Mm. Um, and I was at a turning point at, at 16 years old. And when I left school, I was with two of my friends from school. Um, so I'll speak to one of them now. Um, and they introduced me to this girl, this lady, should I say. She was she was considerably older than me as well. Um, older than all of us. We're still trying to work it out if she was like eight or ten years old, between eight to ten years older than us. And she was highly influential. She was, at the time, living with her friends. She had her own car. Um, and she was very open about being a stripper. And my friends introduced me to her as, you know, yo, she's, you know, she's the stripper, like she, you know, she's got a really cool life, you know, and then I seen her and we um, started going out and um, she bought like us weed and then would buy pizza and stuff. Um, and my other two friends like were probably there, they were there for like a month or something, like maybe we were chilling together for like a month together. And she would do little things then which que questioned her agenda of what she wanted us for because at the end of the day, like, it's a bit weird because as 15 and 16-year-old kids, like, we were sat there and this lady started to give us lap dances. Um, she started to openly get her clothes out, her stripper clothes. How did that make you feel at that time? So at first it was it was weird it was weird like it was just kind of like oh there's you know a tit in my face like it's really weird but like we were sat there and we felt awkward but I don't know like it was just weird I it's guess like in the Epstein case like the kids were brought in from the schools and then Maxwell like would introduce them to nudity and stuff and try and make it normal. Really bad, yeah, babe. Like yeah. and obviously like my other two friends, like they dispersed after, but I, I stayed like and I got really enthralled with this girl, like massively. And my mum and dad obviously were like, Why are you wrong about this girl? She's a lot older than you, like Try and tell a 16-year-old what to do. Um, and it, this is why it's dangerous and why I, I have to spread this message because these perpetrators that have an agenda are fucking everywhere and this is the fact of it. Um, like, what, 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 like, 25-year-old woman hangs about with 16-year-olds? Like, you know, like... And not only that, she then, when I was by myself with her, started to introduce me to a lifestyle that I never knew about. Now, obviously, it's took me a long time of therapy and to understand about what happened to me to get to this point, but I know that this girl groomed me like she did. Like, I, I, I have that broke this down so many times and I've been like, how is how did it end up from there to there? So I've, I realised it was a process and that's what they do. First of all, they befriend you and it was very easy for her to befriend me. I wanted to be friends with her. Like, you know what I mean? I, I idolised this girl. Um, and then they isolate you. So 
what happened with me is like because with my dad bless him like we were brought up a bit in um first world poverty with my dad like we had a screwdriver's a handle do you know what i mean like <laughs> i had to knock on the fridge like and all that kind of thing like but it was it was our home and you know my dad was trying his best and she just made it very clear that my house was dirty it wasn't acceptable to to stay there um so i was always at her house and again, I was happy about that at the time, you know, a six, 17 year old kid, like, you know, just buzzing with my life, like thinking, oh, my best mate's so cool. She's got a car then she got two houses. And I was like, whoa, um, mate, wolf in sheep's clothing, wolf in sheep's clothing. And what were the early warning signs? Well, it, I guess the dancing would have been one. Um, the whole giving me a line at 17 years old, like, because I, as I was saying, like, she got me introduced to this um lifestyle where and also she'd do weird things where she'd tell like like to get be like oh I get topless on the motorway you know like just just random weird shit like that and then and then I would copy her and obviously like I fully take responsibility like, I've got to a point in my life like anyone wants to say oh I'm blaming anyone that's bullshit I've took responsibility for my actions no matter how old I was even as a child I'm like listen you know I was bad minded robbed off my mum and dad like I am that person like I'm not sat here blaming anyone I'm saying that there is a process to grooming and that is what happened and when I seen this lifestyle that she had I I I I guess I just copied everything. I just thought she was really cool. Um, and that's the sad thing as well, because we can put in society a value on our worth. And that usually comes in train. What trainers do you wear? You know, what watch are you, what car are you driving? You know, and that is a matrix. Like it's, it's, it's a pyramid that gets you a falsified sense of self-worth. That means absolutely bullshit because I'm telling you right now, some of the conversations I've had with homeless people are the most inspiring and profound freaking uh, conversations I've had. So fuck anyone who thinks a pair of trainers makes them feel good um, or better than anyone, you know? Um, and that's the kind of person that she was like, you know, and very quickly I was introduced to people like armed robbers. You know, we were going to parties and people, boys were sniffing lines off my ass. I was always told to say I was 18. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, just that's where I guess because I've seen myself as a sexual object from so young, it was so easy. And this is why I'm so scared for the future generation, Sean, because if we look at how they're influenced now, I had the Spice Girls, mate, you've got Cardi B now, like singing WAP, like, sorry, but the fact that we have been indoctrinated this much now to accept this start kind of stuff. And I am adamant the only reason I've been put on this planet and to have been through what I've been through is to save the children and I am not happy about the fact that they are being programmed this way and I guess even with the little influence that we had in that day and age with me getting groomed at that age this is how I know like human trafficking and exploitation has fucking soared because of the image that we're chasing we're chasing this image like everyone wants a bit of a gangster you know what I mean like what's Cardi B saying Oh my days, what is she saying? But I don't listen to her. She's, you know what I mean? Whap, like, whap, like, honestly. And then how close, like, is this? And obviously was, there was that little Nas X thing the other day, like, and as a survivor of SRA, like, it's embarrassing. Like, Pete, like, it's actually, like, tormenting. Like, my friend Lisa, like, she couldn't even watch the, the video because it triggered her that much because of the abuse that she's been through. They're mimicking us. But anyway, yeah, the tangents, honestly, I can go on for days because I understand about the influence of the young minds of what's going on now. And that is why, like, I am adamant that when people hear my story, they're going to, 
they're gonna they're gonna hopefully like understand how real this is because sometimes people can see this as a far-fetched conspiracy babe what we're going to talk about today but it certainly isn't grooming exists child exploitation exists county lines you know bloody health there's babies having babies now like it's it's shocking um so you're still a teenager in your story then Mm-hmm. She's got you going parties, meeting armed robbers. Mm. And what, what what happens next? So this is when she disclosed herself as a prostitute to me. Um, I was 17. And um, at this point, like I say, I was... I thought she was the best thing since sliced bread. So I listened to what she said. And, um, yeah... <laughs> at the age of 17, I thought it was normal to sell my body... Um, unprotected bareback with guys up and down the country um, and with my so-called best friend, you know, dressing up as schoolgirls and all this shit. And not only that, like, um, she got me a show on Babe Station um, at 17 years old. Like, I understand, like, people can say, oh, 17-year-olds know what they're doing, but I just beg people to ask, like, at 17 years old, please go back to your mindset because I've only just worked things out now at 30 years old. So God knows how anyone can victim blame like that. It makes me sick. But, yeah, she got me a show on Babe Station and um, some of these people might know what that show is and if they don't, it's a very um, sad show where sad guys call and they think that you want to talk to them for £3 a minute. When you don't, you're there for your paycheck. And um, I was on that show as a minor. They didn't. It was called A Hotel Voyeur. It's been closed down now, thank God. <clears throat> but if you think about the severity of that, they didn't ask me for my ID. They assumed that because I was with this lady that I was of age. I was a half-naked minor on a show where guys were calling me um, for sex chat. So the programming had begun, my friend, massively. And this, like I say, um, it took me to the Wicked Witch of the West. And I... I fucking, I went into the adult industry and again, I I take responsibility for my actions, but I have to take this industry down with this as well because... um, Are you compartmentalising as you're going along? Are you like, are you like, as you're doing the things in the adult industry, is part of you like acting tough and another part of you is like burying the trauma? But listen, right, so when you do a job, that this is how I try and explain it to people, like you do a job that you don't like for money, so say, you know, you're stacking shelves or whatever, and you are selling a part of yourself because you don't want to do that, but you're doing it for the money. Now think about that when you're doing it with your body, you are having to repress on a level that like I didn't even understand what I was repressing. I, I, this is where I got addicted to coke. This is where I honestly, as well, and my dad didn't know what I was doing. So, cause I told him I was modeling, I went off to London um, at 18 years old and I um, went into the adult industry for three years. And I guess as I got more immersed into it, I got more lost. I wasn't I wasn't even registering what I was doing like I seen I turned into my alias like and honestly like I beg anyone please do not watch any of my stuff like I was fucking off my face on most of it I had the worst mental health like 
Um, so in the adult industry, I'm probably going to ruin a few guys' lives now, but I really don't care because, again, it's an illusion. It's part of the matrix. It's not real. And because I understand now about things like sexual energy, about a loving, compassionate relationship, about boundaries, I didn't know about any of that. And I was pushing myself like I was just a fucking ragdoll. Um, so... When I got into the adult industry, first and foremost, it was through her, through Babe Station, but then she took me to my first movie, This Lady. And it's mad because they, they, I went to this company called Kilogram. Now, Kilogram are disgusting, yeah? And they basically have a pimp inside that organisation. So when I went there, luckily, I, he wasn't the pimp that I, I got pimped out by, but I found out he was a pimp later on. And what these companies do, babe, is they have very... Well, they do a tribal technique, yeah? So I've noticed this is how they work. They make you feel like part of the family, they want, they, even this company, they introduced me to their children. They were, they said to me, they were like, now people in the industry, they're going to slag us off. Oh, I wonder why. Because what they do is like, so, um, so, because a lot of people don't understand how the industry works. A uh, big name like Jenna Jameson, yeah? If you got her first scene, then you would technically, when she got big, would be a millionaire because you would have her first content, you know? And these motherfuckers, what they're doing is they are telling you not about that. They're not telling you about that. They're saying, oh, here's an extra 50 quid up your level. Here's another 50 quid up your level. What? So they've got all of your levels. And then when you go boom, who's the one with all the money? Like, honestly, it's scummy it's scummy because what they're doing is they're they're using like manipulation techniques to get people to push themselves and they don't care about you they care about the money your commodity yes babe i'm i am their property like they want to use me the best way they can and let's face it being used sexually is not good like i am sick to death of this sexualized um, society that we live in now where it fucking what OnlyFans becomes normal like honestly this is a very slippery slope and this is why since last year like I know I know that my message is falling on the right ears because people are realising that their kids are getting indoctrinated people are realising about you know be safer online like the workshops that I do for online grooming the amount when people wake up and they're just like whoa I need to protect my kids so please make sure you do protect your kids online because they are very easy access to the adult industry and again that's another thing that makes me sick about the adult industry the access you have to pay for netflix but you don't have to pay to get born all right then mate let's not forget how easy it is for kids to work their way through a computer now babe um so and then they've got little naz on there now with Pornhub, like it's a joke and uh, kids and not they can work two and two out um so yeah when i was in this adult industry People think it's all sex, drugs and rock and roll. Well, there was definitely sex, there was definitely drugs and there was ragging about. Um, I had seen things like um, anal tears, uh, feces. I remember being on a scene doing... Um... So I did my um, first anal scene and um, I'd never done anything like that before. And I remember being sat downstairs and mind you, yeah, we are sat there and um, we're in a beautiful, beautiful um, mansion like um, in America, poolside, all of it, yeah. And then I'm watching this scene where this girl's just recently come back um, from Stitches and then she's getting battered by like four guys. And they, mind you, I'm just about to do my first scene, so I'm sat there. 
fucking shitting herself everywhere like and I'm just like oh my god like I really can't do that like I don't want to embarrass myself like that please like and then you know you, you can't say no babe like you can but you've you've been paid now do you know what I mean you've put your name oh on there god. so on that scene I I had to get asphyxiated like it's so bad because the worst thing about it is I fucking, I thanked the guy after, like I said to him, I was like, oh, thank you, because I was in that much pain. Like I said to him, I was like, thank you for choking me out. Like, so again, you're not contemplating what's going on, babe. Like, and I, I will sit round a table with any adult actress or actor. It's another thing as well. People think that this is a good job being an actor. Let me tell you, they're injecting their dick by the end of it because they can't keep it up anymore. People need to stop with it, babe. Like, Think about the whole genre of schoolgirls, sexualizing schoolgirls. This is sick, man. Like, and we are just justifying it by going, yes, yeah, some of the girls want to be there. Bullshit. There's a freaky Karen every once in a while. Let's not get it twisted, yeah? But I know 100% most of the girls that are in the adult industry have mental health issues, have been abused, have got drug issues, and are doing things they don't want to do because if you took the money away, would they do it? No. So I am sick to death of people justifying the adult industry because for three years that I was in there, I oh my god the amount the amount of shit that I've seen the amount uh, I have seen I have seen girls get raped babe and like this this fucking shit like and it's like you know these companies they make out that shoving a fist or or two dicks in one hole is like something to be appealing it's not it's a violation of of feminine divine energy they are ripping apart what is meant to be a beautiful relationship but like, i have a consensual relationship now like i know like i'm not being funny but most of the time you want to be spit and choked on is because you've probably watched a movie or two do you know what i mean like i used to think i liked that babe like and then i got with someone who loved me and i realized what making love was and having a consensual beautiful relationship um so the adult industry in itself, like it really, really needs to get looked into and, and people need to understand one of the biggest things about the adult industry is it is covering up child rape videos because I don't think child porn exists. It's it's how we've even got to that point where we are socially accepting that word is beyond me. It's child rape like content end of and we have got to a, a extent now where we're just ex people are, are like oh we can't do anything about that the dark web we can't well they make you think that you can if we come together and actually stand up for the children and I think because of what I've seen now and things like you know because of what happened to me having to look into all of this stuff when you look into trafficking hub and mind geek and you're finding out that a 15 year old girl has had to beg to get their video taken down and they have been sued six hundred million pounds why is this not in the mainstream media like why do not people like want to why are people not like having this in front of their faces so that they understand because I think when people realize that the, it's the children that's when I'm hoping they step up so I'm just hoping that people can see from my path of what I've even spoke up to now how easy like it can be for that to happen to a child and you best believe because I go into schools now you best believe that what I get scared to the core when I go into schools now because them young girls look my age like some of them do their contour better than I do and I remember wearing white girls makeup in school because I didn't have a freaking clue what I was doing babe but and I'm just like how how and also so 
like the young boys as well, they don't realise like when they have a picture of a young girl on their phone, they've actually got um, explicit child pictures. And I tell the kids, I'm like, listen, when I go to school, I'm like, listen, man, dem, if you think it's all cool having a girl on your phone, I said, you'll be getting four years if they find that out. As like, offender, And they go like this on their phone. And I'm like, oh my God, why is it taking me to talk to these kids to get this through? But anyway, that we'll go on to that later because this is so important to let people know that these people exist. And as much as they come in female form, they also come in male form too. And three years I was in the adult industry. And in that time, that girl who groomed me went and come back. So she went, she got a boyfriend, like she was doing her own thing. I was... Pff, I don't like saying it, but I was getting successful in the adult industry. I was seen as a commodity in like a lot of ways. I was shooting for all of the big companies, getting put on billboards in Australia, you know, um, getting flown out to like, you know, sleeping behind the Hollywood signs. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was really sorted after. Um, I was on page three. I won actress adult adult actress of the year me honestly none of that goes on my cv <laughs> like but honestly like looking back now it just makes me realize that it's all like fake lights you know like it's like moths to a fake flame so you think you're following all these lights and you get there and it's like boom you burn and then you you're in it so you you know what you're gonna do you're stuck in the money so I started to live this life that looked really cushy do you know what I mean bags chauffeurs but I didn't have a clue mate I thought me giving the fiver to a homeless man thought that I was a good person and believe it or not that I was better than him and that is not right whatsoever so in that little ditzy land you know going through my fucking <laughs> this adult industry world where I'm just like you know I'm blinded by the fake lights you know I'm thinking because I'm on all the tables and getting pop bottles and all this, you know, my life's cushy. Like, and it's not like I used to be up at 6 a.m. sniffing lines thinking that Amy Winehouse was a J. Like, you know, what's that about? Um, so, slowly but surely, like, I was working my way up in the industry and um, got nominated for an AVN and all this kind of stuff. What does that mean? Um, it's an adult, um, it's it's like the, the prestige. Um, I'm so glad you don't know, babe. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. Um, it's like a prestige adult award. So there's the UK and then there's the USA and the USA is obviously the the Don Juan, like uh, the arse of Babylon, like literally. And with the adult industry, you know, all of the LA lights and all that. But yeah, mate, on there, on there, the amount of them that are on Xanax, like, do you know what I mean? They can't even keep up with themselves, babe. And again, this is where people need to understand you. How do you know you're not watching a trafficked girl on that on them videos? Because towards the end of my adult industry career, oh, um, then this I was still doing a few movies when I met this man. Before we go, though, I've got several questions about what you've said okay, so far. Come on, babe. So just to keep it in, in chronological <laughs> order. Yes. So you said you actually saw girls got raped. Yeah, what were the circumstances of that? So. I um, was on a set for something called Rocco Freddy, who is a very big name in the adult industry. And he's quite violent um, in his approach to this his movies. This is a porn guy? Yeah. Okay. He's quite violent and aggressive. If you, I wouldn't even say look up to it because I think most of his movies look like a rape scene. He's an actor or a director? He's an actor okay. and a director. Okay. So you can imagine the power trip that he's having. Yeah. And I don't care, man. Like I will out everyone in the adult industry. They can't say shit to me because like, I've seen it for what it is. And um, 
basically I was doing this scene with this girl. He made it a shave her head in the movie and everything. Proper weird. Um, How much did you get paid to shave her head? I don't know, babe. Like I got, I think I got paid seven hundred pound for that scene. So, I, but she was she was doing higher stuff than I was. Um, I should say after that first scene in America, I didn't really do that much times after because of how much pain I was in. So she, the, a lot of girls just do it though, you know, like they they, they just push themselves, you know, because they're on painkillers and stuff. They take like painkillers. Yeah, like massively pain. Most of them have doped up anyway. Like trust me, like I have been on set and sniffing lines. Like, do you know what I mean? So um, the thing was with um, the adult stuff is that. Sorry, babe, what did you ask? You asked me something. So you said earlier that you actually seeing girls get yeah, raped. Yeah, sorry, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, so in that scene, what happened was it was very, it was an aggressive scene. And when we was doing part of the movie, she was pushing him off. And I know that wasn't part of the scene. It was because when they are bashing you in your kidney, it, I believe it or not, it actually hurts. Do you know what I mean? Because what people don't forget is that you're doing this for the camera. So when... I sound so mad, but when you're usually in a position, it's straightforward, you know? It's not it's not to the side. So when they're to the side and they're doing it for the camera and they're bashing you and then they're bashing you and they're not... They're bashing you in the corner of your stomach like this and it's like, you know... It's, <sighs> honestly, babe, it's really not... It's not glamorous whatsoever. Um, like, the douching and the enemas that you have to do and stuff, like, um, to flush yourself out. Sorry, but <sighs> let's not beat around the bush now, guys. Like, I'm not... I'm sick to death of people glamorising this industry and I just think people need to know about the really nitty gritty shit and again this is where like at like the time I didn't know but you know there could have possibly been girls there that were being trafficked but as I like got out of that industry like I realised that there was girls traffic from overseas or just local no local they were tra that's how I found out that that pimp was in kilogram because I found out that he was pimping out certain girls and I was like wow this is mad so you said that the girls take drugs and you said yeah. that the men inject something I imagine that they take Viagra then to keep it sometimes, up sometimes yeah 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 but what do they inject like hot, like just stuff to make it work, babe. Like I don't know. Like I, honestly, it freaked me out because obviously, like when they get to that point, it's because it sounds mad, but not many guys can step up to the job because again, it's very artificial. You have to do things on cue. It's not really what, what you want to be doing, mate. Honestly, the pressure's yeah. insane, um, and that's why we do something called fluffing outside of the um, camera because when you do that, you're probably more sensual than than you ever will be on camera because you have to kind of get the mood. You know what I mean? Believe it or not. We weren't robots like that, I and mean, when it didn't work like that, um, and you did want a connection with who you was working with, trying to anyway. Um, but yeah, like injecting it by the end of it, because there's only so many guys that can step up to the job, so they're reusing the guys. Do you know what I mean? Did, have you ever seen the movie Boogie Nights? No. It's about the industry. Really? Yeah, and the guy who's the star in it, he really, it goes really dark at the end, what happens to him drugs and everything so do you think psychologically then the guys end up screwed up as well i think it's damaging overall babe you can't have a healthy relationship in the industry like the amount of people that tried to get together and then if you can imagine then you're going to be banging sort of another co co-worker you know maybe you have to do a scene and you're together and then there's someone else coming in they like. did have that scenario in the movie boogie Mate, this is this is yeah, very common jealousy very and, yeah, very common yeah, babe very very common yeah. and that's natural like i don't want no one touching my damn woman like do you know what i'm saying so it's understandable um but yeah it's it's it literally 
it is so funny because people have this vision of it and yeah, by the end of it, the guys are injecting their dick and the girls sneeze and shit. So, you know what I mean? What, what kind the, of life is that? And once they get past the sell-by date. They're gone, babe. Oh no, actually, women, it depends who you are as a man because obviously they had Ron Jeremy, they had... He's um, in prison now, isn't he? Shock, shock. I wonder why. <laughs> Everything's coming out very nicely. But... Uh, <laughs> Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, it, with guys, yeah, sell by date. But with girls, believe it or not, mate, they got grandma shit going on. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, babe, babe, this stuff is like, so, and this is what I'm saying. Like, this is why porn is bad for people because it, it fucks with their mental health where they think they need more and more and then they push the levels more. And then what they don't realise is that they are contributing to the sick, twisted world that then goes into all the other sick stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you think like when people start to get into um the you know the the rape side of things you know and all that kind of stuff it's like then are they going to mimic that in their relationships like how detrimental is that really to your mental health like giving you that falsified image of what you think is consent because again ladies and gents no one apart from maybe one percent of them wants to be there like they don't like it's because of the money i can guarantee you i would never have done this one day babe like i was there for nearly nearly 13 hours yeah and i had to bounce on this thing for like what four hours like and honestly like the the, the pain the raw like they just don't know, like, and they just push these girls to do this. Like, it's not even that they push them. It's like, you feel like you have to do it, babe, because if you don't, you're going to not get work and then you're stuck with the money. It's like, oh, it's a vicious cycle, man. Such a vicious cycle. Oh, yeah. So I just can't, I just can't, I can't justify the adult industry whatsoever. So you said about the escorting side of it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you meet any really dodgy characters in that? Um, any dangerous situations that you encountered? So when I was an escort, like I was, because I was doing the, I guess the more higher end of stuff, like um, courtesan shit and all that, like, you know, getting flying out to see certain people because of who I was, they was, um, they, uh, you know, there's, there's different levels, isn't there, to stuff. And I was getting paid quite well for the hour kind of thing, which is nothing really. But with that, no, um, I didn't really, when I was in the adult industry, no, because it was the higher clientele that I was seeing. Um, I didn't really reckon, to be fair, most of them just had loads of coke, like, and we was just there partying. Um, that was usually the case, because I didn't do many jobs with regards to escorting them because I didn't have to, do you know what I mean? And I said, I didn't have to, that's awful, isn't it? But so, like, so during these early years then, yeah. when did you feel was the most dangerous situations you were in? I think probably with the girl at the start, like, she showed me how to get into cars, like, getting into cars, like, with guys, like, you know, um, the whole, uh, the whole bareback thing, that was really dangerous. Um, when you say get into cars, what do you mean? Uh, th there's something that you can do where you can meet someone in a car and then have the, the, the time in the car, um, as opposed to going to a house gotcha. or, a, or, a, or an apartment or a hotel room. Like, married men and stuff would probably... Yeah, well, yeah. God, this is a thing. Like that's why it's like all walks of life like come to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but what at that point at the start that was a very low level end of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like because she she we was charging like hundreds. Like whereas when I was in the adult industry, I I could charge thousands. You know, um, 
And even that again, like I don't think there's any difference between selling yourself for a tenner or selling yourself for ten grand. Like at the end of the day, you're selling something that you shouldn't really just be selling. Your body is your vessel, and it is meant to be nurtured. Um, I don't think that throwing it around like that's very good. So some people have said that there's certain sections of society are more deviant, like judges, cops, politicians. Through your life experience. Did you ever come away with that impression? When I was, well, when through my life experience in regards to like what happened later in life, yeah, please, definitely. I think there's, um, I think there's a big problem. And you know what? Like, I know there's good police officers out there because I've, I, I had one as well during my, um, my court case. She was amazing. Um, but I think what that is the dangerous thing, like when we are people in positions of power that abuse their positions of power, um, yeah, the the police, I as the things that I can only say I I know one hundred percent because I've been there. Like, um, whereas like I did the clients I had, I didn't know. Um, one of them though was linked to um, politicians, and like he was a bit fruity, but he he was weird though. He liked to be caned and shit, so. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think when you get into them top echelons of society, babe, believe it or not, like the adult industry is probably catered for them. Like that's why it's still there because you can just ring up a girl and get them to come round for whatever you want, you know? Anything weirder than canings was requested of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, I'll tell you. So um, basically when, um, after what happened to me, what we're going to talk about in a minute, I took a route of um domination so i become i I think after what happened should we wait until we get to that in the story then (laughs) if you want it yeah go go let's go next then so you're just finishing (laughs) the movie stuff yeah yeah okay let's let's go on to what happens next okay so um three years in the adult industry and that was when i mean it was already dark anyway but um i guess this is where it gets really dark and I I always want to apologise because I try every time to keep my composure but I can't because I take myself there just just to let people understand the severity of it. Um, so when I was 21, um, that's when I got introduced to a man by the same girl that groomed me and that man, um, yeah, three years of my life he took from me Um yeah, and I guess when I first met him, I didn't know that. I got introduced to him from the girl as a, a gangster, someone who was going to change our lives, someone who was going to um, give us everything that we've ever wanted, someone that she had been praying for apparently for a long time, and she'd already met him first. So when she met him first, he had um, promised her her own escort agency because that's what she wanted, shock. She wanted to call it Madam Wu, and she was gonna have this escort agency and that's what he promised her if she hit targets and brought people on and at first when she come around to my house in london and like she because i was like oh yeah you can work from here but then i realized like she was doing stuff that we used to do like with the bareback and stuff i was like no i don't want that in my yard um and then she started to try tell me about this guy at first i was like he's a dickhead mate i was like leave it out i don't want nothing to do with him and she just kept persisting with it and persisting and then I was like, right, okay, I'll meet him. And then when I met him, that was, I don't think I could have fucking got away if I wanted to. He had an agenda. He knew what he wanted to do. 
and he'd already been prepped for me as well. So he knew that I, I was um, a coke addict. Um, he knew I was in the adult industry. He knew about my family. Um, she had prepped him on everything. And this man had a really good way with getting information out of people. Um, and he got enough of information out of me, out of her for me that he could. And I didn't know that. And she told me that he had turned up at her house with an entourage of people. So obviously then, when she's telling me this, I'm like, oh my God, he, you know, he's got bare security. He must be like a big guy. But my guy turns up by himself, yeah. So I should have noticed that, but I didn't. Because I trusted this girl implicitly. And that was when I listened to what she said and he fed me the fucking spiel. He then, he would use the same process, the same grooming process, befriended me, like told me, I because what my plan was with him was to set up a, a production company. So I was saying to you before, if I would have knew how to do that, I would have set my own website up, I would have done it properly. And that's what I wanted to show the girls to do. Um, and basically be the one who created the websites for them and was like, then now this is your website and like that kind of thing. And, um, he sold it to me, like, he sold it to me, like, he was, like, we, um, had meetings with the Sunday Sport, like, we, um, went and got flyers made up for the, um, the casting, like, thing that we was doing, we went to places in Birmingham where we was gonna start shooting, and the first six months, like, obviously, like, I didn't realise, like, I was getting groomed, like, and he was, like, you know, I guess the first six months, um, they were nowhere near as bad as the next two and a half years. But the first six months I was, you know, um, just a bit of a slap, you know. Um, I was made to get targets, so I had to get targets every single week. And these targets were for the production company at first, what I thought. So I was there going over away, working, working Monday to Friday. When I say working, I was selling myself. And I didn't realise that I was being trafficked. And I was willingly just fucking handing my money over to this guy. Mm. You know, because he said that we was going to make this whole thing happen. Mm. And I had this girl next to me who was like, yeah, this is really going to happen. And then the isolation, yeah. And it's mad because I, I'm just so grateful that this has happened the way it has. Because, believe it or not, like, I have witnesses to every part of my life. Like, my school friends, like, um, being in the adult industry. And this part now... And the first six months, you know, one, even one of my first, my, my best friends, um, she come at the start and luckily she was there at the end as well to see exactly who he was. But at the start, she was trying to tell me about him. She was like, are you okay? But this was my best friend and she'd been sectioned and he knew that. And that's how he was very mentally manipulative. So yeah, he fucking befriended her as well. Um, but anyway, like this is when like the isolation started with me. So... Like, in the six months, I found out that this girl that had groomed me, she was paying her bills from my bank account. Um, she actually had a sister I didn't know about. And I was like, who the fuck is this girl? Like, I've known this girl since I was 16, and, like, I never knew any of this. And he told me, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, is this true? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, you are a piss taker, mate. So, obviously, loyal-ish, bam, straight to him. Again, my man had an agenda, he had an agenda and he fucking knew. And he fucking seen pound signs with me. I was such a fucking prestige person in that industry that he fucking knew I could get money for him, babe, and I did. So 
Um, the first six months, yeah, a bit of a sleep deprivation, a bit of a slap forcing me to go down on him because at first like I thought it was normal like so he was like oh sort me out so I was like oh, okay like you know and I thought it was normal to be a sex object but then you know there was I was like I don't you know I didn't want to do it and I was like oh do I have to bam slap first slap and I was like whoa I'd never been abused before babe like I never ever been through like you know I never had a domestic relationship you know I'd never seen what happened with my mum and dad I'd never seen that so it was like a proper reaction and then I just remember the first time I'd said that I didn't want to and then he made me do it. And then that was when, like, you know, he just started, like, hitting me when I was there. And I just remember, like, just thinking that that, that this was my life now. Mm. Like, and I remember going home every weekend and telling my parents how amazing this man was. Oh, God. And I was telling them that he was my friend and he was helping me. And, uh, yeah, then um, in, within the six months, the girl left as well, my so-called best friend. And that's when uh, he disclosed himself as a member of the Illuminati. And that's when she got so dark, like, it's just, oh. How did he disclose that? What did he actually say? He basically said to me at first, he was like, have you ever heard of the Illuminati? And I was just like, no. Like, I didn't even know what it was, babe. I don't fucking know about any of that stuff. Do you know, like I said, I was in my ditzy word, five pound, I'm the best. Like, so I didn't know about cults. Like, I didn't know about, I didn't know about Satanism. Like, I didn't know about any of that. Like, and he was like, just saying stuff like, oh, the Illuminati, you ever heard of it? I was just like, no, no, no. And then, then he started saying, well, I'm a member of it. And we control the world, and I am Satan. And that was when all hell broke loose. That was when he fucking... <sighs> the constant rape and torture and sleep deprivation. And I just... Sometimes <laughs> it was just drilling my head with shit, like bestiality like and and paedophilia like he used to tell one of the worst things he said to me was that you know like he was forcing me to go down on him once and he said to me like one of the best blowjobs he'd had was off a five-year-old and what after that he slit her throat oh my god babe honestly this man and he was constantly drilling shit like that into my head like you know making out like that paedophilia was normal and then saying that, like, he was going to, like, if I fucked up, he'd get a dog, like, to, like, fuck me and stuff. Like, and I was shitting myself, like, I just thought he was this man. And then, like, obviously, like, he'd keep us up for days. So it wasn't just me that was there. There was about 30 girls that went and gone. And, like, some of them were fucking close to me. And they were my best friends. Like, and he fucking, he turned us all on each other, babe. That's what he'd do. Where, where were you living at this point? So basically, at first, I, I so he made me move to Birmingham because he was like, show me your loyalty, show me how real you are. You know what I mean? They test you. This is what he used to say to me. I'm testing you at all times, Sam. And oh my God, like, I, I just, I, I, the mind fuck, right? So I always say the only way I can describe this man is, is Darren Brown, but an evil version because my man was smart as fuck, babe. Like he knew about body language. He knew about um, neuro-linguistic programming. He knew about how to use language. He knew about all of this mind control stuff, babe. Like the mind control was so real. Like he used weird techniques on us where he, so basically what they do in cults is they try to disassociate you from um, your, your 
right um, right side of your brain so that you don't have emotion um, and and all like these weird things he'd do like he'd like um, have us like kneel in front of him and he'd be touching the side of our head and he'd be like you can feel it inside so they want you to disassociate from this side and it's only when I've looked into cults like that this is what they do and it wasn't just that so there was 30 women he was doing this on no, at the same so time? On, no, on and off. So on there was off. always... I, I was probably... Throughout the three years, I was probably alone about two or three months, you know, like in between. Um, but there was always girls coming and going, like, do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, he would, like, again, like... I had Stockholm Syndrome because I genuinely kept saying to everyone who I met, this guy's protecting me, he's looking after me, like, he's my friend, like, he's my agent, like, saying all of this shit because he had drilled me into it. And, um... Yeah, bloody hell, like, I just remember, like, one night, like, just being up for, like, five nights, and I was, like, I I just, I just used to think, like, when's it going to end? And um, I was with someone else who was there, and he was, like, punching me, and then punching her, and if any of us flinched, then he'd punch the other one even harder. And then he was, like, he was, like, I'm doing this in the name of Lucifer, like, and this is... what the, shit. Babe, babe, honestly, like, the guy is fucking... Honestly, I can't even explain, and... This is why what I What was the to, environment like he was doing this When in? we was there. So it was always an apartment. So this It was is, an apartment building. Yeah, so we I was in Birmingham and at first, like, I... He was like, I'll move to Birmingham and get a place where um, you think I'll like. So I picked a fucking pimp pad, didn't I? I picked, like, an, um, a penthouse apartment up, to, up, up at the top of New Street and it was a fucking tack town. Like, like there was fur on the fucking walls and everything. I was just... But I, in my head, I got what he thought... What I thought he wanted. So in my head... I I must have thought he was a pimp and I didn't even know because I'm buying things like Snoop Dogg, do you know what I mean? Like with all the fur and all the mad colours. Um, but anyway, I, after the six months, like when he disclosed himself, I was made to live out of a suitcase. So I was... So you, had, you had your own room in there? So basically what happened was like I was living out of a suitcase and I, I had to um, travel to work in different apartments and I that was my basis. Like I didn't have a base. Like gotcha. for about, I'd say for about, two years like I was just in a suitcase going from place to place sometimes seven days a week um selling myself I would have rather worked seven days a week than see him you know because sometimes I have to see him to give him his money um well how much money are we talking about sometimes five grand a week fucking hell like so if you think how many people I had to fucking just degrade myself to like sometimes I had to Degrade myself to £50 an hour bareback to make sure I could get his money because if I didn't get his money, like, I never not got the money, Sean, because if I didn't, like, you know, there was consequences anyway. Like, I didn't fucking know whether I was coming or going. Like, one minute he was really nice to me and then next minute he'd be boxing me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't, I didn't know what was happening. So I think it progressively got worse as he disclosed himself, like, as a member of this Illuminati... And, um, you know, as the time went on, um, this is what I'm saying, like, he he wasn't just trafficking me, he was trafficking minors as well. How um, do you know that? Because when I went to court, um, he got done for trafficking me and one of the minors. Okay. So, um... So you found that out in court later on? Yeah. Okay. Um... No, no, I was there, babe. Like, I was there when it was happening. And it, this is why I was part of that, um, it, it, taking this all, like, exposing it all to him. But this is the thing, so though. you like, saw him do something with minors? Then, yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how did he obtain minors? So but we, he would use he would use his resources. Like, so he would, he would use 
like me, like to influ- like be like, oh, the, you know, I was like, oh no, he's our friend. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he would use me and then any other girls that he'd bring on would be saying the same shit as I would. So it would be like, he could easily manipulate anyone. It's like the Maxwell role. Massively, babe. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, and with this this young girl, bless her. Like, I remember him saying to her, "Oh, we're gonna get you a teen scene magazine." That was her thing. Do you know what I mean? He would always promise people what they wanted, so that that again, it's moth to a fake flame. It's bullshit. And as I've looked into the Illuminati, they do this a lot. They promise people the world, and then make them do what the fuck they want them to do. Um, and there was no difference with us. We were just on a lower level scale of it. You know, um, this guy. I rolled like these cults like he just the things that he did and honestly like when he would like fucking go into that state babe like he would say that he was channeling these demons and stuff do you know what I mean like it's like I remember like just you know him always saying things like what's what's evil backwards it's live what do you think you've lived for the devil like you know because it was backwards and I'm just like are you fucking mad like honestly like he was he he's a psychopath and that's why it's like it's so important I have to say this because this this man is fucking walking the streets now do you know what I mean like it's like there these people are in our crevices so for the first them three years babe like I can't even explain like the nights like just the it was just constant sometimes I would just be like how like how evil does someone have to be like he was fucking pissing my mouth and maybe drinking man oh my god I just fucking degraded myself oh. I know babe like oh. he just fucking did so much shit to me and he would just like I was just such an object babe do you know what I mean Neil stand like he used to make me text him he's um registration numbers of the taxis I was in I had a burner phone if I didn't answer that burner phone like fucking out even I learned that the hard way I answered that phone um because when I um missed it once fucking hell like and I I was working for him like so even then like when the phone rang I'd jump out of this like with a client and I'd fucking go because I was like me I cannot not risk that happening again man nearly snapped my jaw like honestly like and this is the thing, like, it's like, it's, I say it's good, but it's not. But I'm just glad that there was other people there because even to the extent, so when he disclosed himself as a member of the Illuminati, babe, something really weird happened to us. Um, and I was with someone at the time, and that's why I'm so glad they were there because he had beaten me up in front of another girl. And then we went home. I, I went, well, I went home and that person come with me. And then when when I went home, I was sat there and I was in a daze and I just remember watching the TV and something popped up and I said to the girl, I was like, babe, I was like, one minute, I was like, did you see that? And she was like, yeah. She was like, what is it? So we rewinded it because we had like this Sky Plus thing where you can rewind it and honestly, I shit you not, yeah, Sean, like something come up and it said on there that we was a member of the Illuminati. We had now been initiated and all this shit. Like there was like a screen on our TV. So it was like, it was like a screen that had popped up. So honestly, like, so ever since then, I have looked into this and this is on like people have, have videoed this on YouTube, apparently on Comedy Central. Some of these things come up every now and then. They're like slides and I can only imagine imagine that they're subliminal messages because um with this man when he um 
when he started to disclose himself, he told us about the subliminal messages that they used. He made us look up about mind control. He was making us look up about this stuff. He made us listen to like like Rihanna and Beyonce backwards. Like, do you know what I mean? So he was like, look at how we work. Like, gloating about it, babe. Like, he was saying to me that he had he had friends in high places. He was like, I'm one of the nice ones. Like, I, I only met one of his mates and two drivers. Do you know what I mean? And nothing ever happened to me, but I know I've spoken to the other survivors. He's tried to get them to kill people. He has taken them to play is where they've had to fucking put their ass out of windows and they've fucking exploited the, the girl for the window. Like, it's like, this man, honestly, I actually can't. Um, and, and that's why I'm saying, like, it's like, it wasn't just me. There was, this This is real people's lives that are getting affected by people like this. And, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I said to you before, like, I got branded um, with 666 on my finger like he told me I had to get this this tattoo made and I had to get it done on this finger and I had to go at this date do you know what I mean like fucking weirdo like and also like there's weird other things as well where he made me watch the Olympics like it's like you know uh, 2012 there was an Olympic ceremony and and that was the only time he told me that I can't work, which is very strange. Like, it's so weird. And, like, when I've looked back at it now, I'm not even joking. Like, I don't care what people say. Like, it looked like a ritual to me, babe. Like, there was a witch there. Like, there was, like, this industrial revolution thing there. Like, and he, I remember him ringing me after, specifically going, what did you think about it? Did you like it? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm fucking like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking amazing. Like, and... And then I was like, what the fuck was that about? Like, do you know what I mean? But now I'm just like, how deep does this go? Like, Did he do rituals in the apartment? Yeah, weird stuff. Like, so basically, like I said, the head thing he would do. Um, and But there was a weird thing that he did to me once after I'd got my tattoo. Um, and, and he started speaking like voodoo shit. So first, so first, like, this, this was weird because he was nice to me when he was doing this weird thing and he basically like was speaking in tongue and then he told me to sit there and then he blew in my mouth like blew air in my mouth after we'd done this tongue stuff but then that night was like one of the worst nights ever like that was when like he put a knife to me and that was the one of the nights that I just thought I should kill myself because I didn't want to fucking be there anymore um so I don't really know, like, I think maybe a lot of it from, like, you know, the ritualistic thing, like, when, you know, he would be forcing me to um, go down on him and he would be drilling me with that paedophilia stuff. Like, I don't know if that's a kind of ritual, but I think the weirdest thing was when he used to do that to our heads and make us, like, kneel in front of him and he just used to be constantly, like, talking about our heads and then the, the, the tongue thing. That was really weird. What do you mean drilling you with paedophilia stuff? So, like, he would tell us that he was a paedophile and that he it was normal, like, to be a paedophile and that, like, um, that I told you about, like, the kid, the five-year-old and stuff um but just yeah just and 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 it was weird because it was kind of like he was trying to make me accept paedophilia but I was like I was like no like I was like at the time I liked fucking guys I mean I've always liked girls anyway but at the time I was like nah like my big bodies like do you know what I mean my boyfriends were big step like big massive guys I was like no I don't think so like but like it was like he was trying to condition me to think that things like bestiality, incest, um, a paedophilia was normal. And then when I'm actually looking into these cults, babe, they are weird like that. Like they think that this shit is normal. And I'm just like, 
who are, who is this man? Like, honestly, and I don't care anyway. Like, even if he was or he wasn't a member of the Illuminati, he was fucking rolling like one. So I think people need to stop denying that these cults exist because, like, if there is a man like him around, if there's fucking two of them, we're fucked because him alone is too dangerous for this world. Like, people shouldn't be like him. Um, pure narcissist, pure sociopath and psychopath. He had no... He was getting off on when we was in pain. Do you know what I mean? And that takes a special kind of fucked up person to do that. Um, and it, yeah, just everything, like the abuse that he did to the girls. Like, it was always girls as well, babe. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, like, women and and, and girls, like, and, and like, so his, his type was, like, vulnerable young girls, um, single mums or girls off the street. So he used, this is why, please, everyone who's watching this, please never judge a homeless person because the the way that he's seen them um, as scumbags and he treated them like scumbags and these poor girls, yeah, like, so they were always heroin addicts and he would bring them, like, and I, basically he'd give me the drugs and, and then make me get the money off them. But like when we was away working, I, I used to sit there with them and honestly, they've been through the worst abuse, like, as children, like, being raped by their dads and um, being made to do child rape videos, like, and these, these women that he would bring, he would be like, you know, he would make them do this thing called a rattle in front of me, like, so where they would decompose, because when you have heroin, like, it, it's so... Um, addictive that it goes into your into your whole body do you know what I mean but when your body can decompose after and that's what he was doing to them and now I realize he was just showing them that he was controlling them because it what and then they would basically be loving him because when he give them the gear they'd be like oh my god oh my god like you saved me when really they weren't he put them in that position in the first place so these poor fucking girls sometimes they were shitting themselves in front of me like I just can't cope with this man, like, and, and the depths of, like, so it's mad because three years I was there and when I was there, there was a, there was an array of people, you know, that went and gone um, and there was one girl that tried to save me and it, at the time I just wasn't, I wasn't even ready because you have to be ready to save yourself, babe, you know. This is very real about mind control and the Stockholm Syndrome. Like, anyone who's been in things like domestic relationships or, you know, narcissistic friends, like, they know that it's it's hard to get away from that, that situation and that relationship because you have... I guess lowered your worth to think that this is your life. This is what is accepting, and it's 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 sad that it has to get to that point. But that's why I I preach so much about self worth now because if you don't put your worth on you, someone else will. Um, and at the time, like I say, that girl who went, she then put in a police inquest, and from the police. Um, it was about a year and a half, I was still there, and for the year and a half, she had, bless her, been trying so hard to get the police to listen to her. And what, this is, what was her story then? So she was um, she was the, actually the minor in it, and um, so when she got away, um, because what he would do was, he would always tell us that we could get away with um, money, so we'd be like, oh, if you give me 15 grand, I'll let you go. Give me 20 grand, I'll let you go. And this girl had was given this opportunity at the time. She, How old was she when he started with her? Um, I think she was 16, I believe. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying. This is how I, like, I know for sure. And this is why his name is linked directly to us too. Um, and 
with that this is how people need to understand like that it's not just women like this is children like as well it's the biggest thing so she put in a police inquest anyway and for a year and a half while she was there she was messaging me you know trying to tell me about stuff because what he would do is because he part us um I we no one had known what was happening so he was doing things to this girl that I didn't even know about do you know what I mean and then blaming me for it so that then she um, took it out on me, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? We were always being Blame played off. Yes, yeah. always, always. We, we were the problem, never him. And um, so she started this inquest, bless her. And so, so hold on a sec. So she was 16 then. Yeah. She saved up money to buy her release. No, she she said no. And I thought she was a mentalist. So basically, she'd got a girlfriend, yeah, in this time. Like, this is what it was mad because then he started pimping out the girlfriend as well. It's proper fucked up. But then she'd seen a way out. So when she seen the way out, like she was gone. After how many years did it take from sixteen to? I think she was there the for out? a year. A year. She was a yeah, yeah. She was there for about a year. Yeah, cause yeah, cause I think it was, she was just turned eighteen really when she left. So yeah, cause he met her when she was just about to turn seventeen. She was like sixteen. And what was like her wake up call to get the fuck out? I think it was the girlfriend, mate. Like, I'll be honest with you because the I The girlfriend feel... talks sense into her. Yeah, and I think that from that situation, like, when you start to get someone who can... Don't get it twisted, like, she wasn't the best person anyway because, they're like, apparently, like, they're, they're, like, it was quite toxic, like, with them too. And you can imagine being in that situation than it would be. Um, but it's like an outsider looking yeah, in, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess when she come that's when the same thing that happened with me with ma like you start to question the narrative and because you're actually getting a bit of affection like when this guy's telling you that you know he's he was telling us that he loved us and cared about us by the way like that while he was doing all this stuff so i guess when you can start to see like what affection is when when it's really meant to be like that like that's when you can start to question things and yeah and i think that's when because I remember being sat there and he was like, give me 15 grand and, and you can go. And she was like, no, no, I'm okay. And he was like, okay, you don't want protection then? And she was like, no. And I was like, this girl's a mentalist, mate. But I think, I don't know, I don't know if she was thinking in her head that she was ready to go to the police anyway. Like, or like, but this this girl, like, I honour her, like, without her bravery, like, we never would have got to where we was. And bless her, like, she tried so much to try and, like, you know, get me out at that point. Like, when she went to the police... This is how I know this corrupt police because she was met with adversity. Like she wasn't, she wasn't treated like a victim. Like the first police lady that interviewed her, like honestly, the most one of the most bad-minded person in ever because she was like, "Did that really happen? Are you sure?" Like you hear a yawn on her freaking interview where this poor girl's there for like five hours speaking about the things I'm speaking about now in as much detail as she possibly can. Um, and this lady just dismisses her, like, literally dismisses her as, like, right, okay, yeah, of course, yeah, the kind of thing. And I'm like, the fuck? Like, where's your compassion? Like, especially as a woman, it baffled me. Well, that's one of the things we said on this channel. I think I saw a TED Talk where they showed pictures of kids who had gone missing. Mm. And all the audience was like, oh, how can we help these girls, you know? Then they showed, like, a load of mug shots of women 20s, 30s, been in sex work, hardcore drug use. Yeah. They've been, you know, um, robbing and hustling and doing all kinds. And the audience were repulsed by them. I know, babe. And then she said... That's the kids. These are the same ones. 
That's exactly But why. that's the attitude of the police, isn't it? This person's yes. like a sex worker, drug exactly. addict, and who what, gives a that's shit. That's what he said, babe. That's exactly that's what That's how the said. traffickers get away with it. Thank you, babe. And this is exactly what he used to say. He'd be like, do you think anyone's going to believe you? You and a bunch of crackheads. He's like, are you joking? This is exactly what he used to say to me. And he used to say about all the things that they get away with because people don't believe in them and they think that it's a conspiracy theory and all this. And I'm just like, honestly, this is why I'm trying so hard to get out the knowledge that I know because I'm just like... This, this fucking man, he's he's a real person. like, And I don't care about anything else apart from fucking saving the kids now. So I'm just thinking if I can stop one person, luckily I'm going for the millions, mate, but one person from going through this by the information that I've got, at least then, you know, we can, we can hopefully live in a brighter world because I just want to shine the light on this darkness, mate. Because, so for a year and a half... Um, I was there after, and in that time, the police inquest had started, and, yeah, bless this girl, she was there, like, trying her hardest, and... Um, Did he clock on what to what she was doing? Yeah, and basically, he... he No, he didn't know about the police, I don't think. Well, he said he did, but I, I don't know, he chatted a lot of shit as well, so I think that he probably maybe worked that out because of, like, her... So she was messaging me... And then obviously he he had to have access to everything of mine. Like I couldn't I couldn't have access to anything by myself. Like especially when it come through like adult work and stuff because that's the site that I was pimped out from. Um, so again, guys, be careful um, where you're shopping. Um, but like with um, adult work, she was emailing me through there, bless her, and she was trying to tell me what he was doing to her, like regards because um, she had experienced the urine and um, some of the more extreme stuff that I had earlier than me so she was trying to warn me on this email and that was it then I wasn't allowed to speak to her cut her off don't speak to her no 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 uh block anything and if I find out you know you're gonna die kind of thing so I had to cut her off um I had to cut off every uh, like basically any kind of communication with her and obviously like if I if he would have found out like I just didn't want to risk it do you know what I mean so as this year and a half went on, you know, the, the, the like I say, it was just consistent. And then this other lady come. So, you know, like I said to you, like single mums. So this lady was a single mum and he got her from adult work. So um, he got this girl and she was already aware of cults. And she, it was mad because we called her Angel. Like, so when we called her Angel, like... She then started saying that she knew about um, the Illuminati and she seen my branding. And she didn't tell me at the time. Um, she just stayed. And I think she stayed for, um, you know, like a good maybe six, seven months she stayed. And, um, yeah, she was just uh, trying really hard to help me um, to basically... She was the first person to tell me what he was saying. So it was weird because, like, the loyalty wasn't with him that time. She Her loyalty was with me. And she was telling me, and she was very into the Bible, like, and stuff. And she um, was telling me just about certain things, um, I guess, regards... Uh, the, the the book and how it kind of can resemble people who are dark in this world. She was trying to help me, do you know what I mean, babe? She wasn't she wasn't pushing her religion on me. She was just trying to show that sometimes the darkness can come and sometimes it comes in people. She was just trying to plant seeds, bless her. Um and then when she left, that's when my 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 ears pricked up because she had rang me and she was like, Oh, so you're robbing the money then, Sam? And I was like, What? 
I was like, so Steve's told me that you're taking the money. And I was like, well, that's not true. Um, and that, was, I guess, was the breaking of the seal because that's when I started to think for myself and I guess the spell was starting to break and I started to question what he, like, about, I was like, why has he said that, you know? And obviously, like, I told him and it was the same malarkey again. If I, if I speak to her, he'll snap my jaw, all this kind of stuff. But for the first time, I, I, I disobeyed him <laughs> and I fucking stayed in touch with her and it wasn't like... I was messaging her every day. It was just, I just stayed in touch with her because I really, like, loved her kids as well. And I just, you know, I guess I had a friend, um, which was nice because I didn't have any. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, after that, that was when, um, I guess, things started to get a little bit better because I, I met the love of my life because one year I was allowed out for my birthday the last year. And in that time... Uh, it was mad I didn't meet her first. I met her friend um, who was a cretin as well. <laughs> like, but luckily she brought me um, Ma. And um, yeah, Mara broke the seal massively because there was nothing he could do. He couldn't get her involved in being pimped because um, she wasn't working at Mackey's. She was um, a first class degree student doing animation. Do you know what I mean? Like she was a good kid. And I, I don't know how, um, I don't know how she fell in love with me because I was a fucking mess. Um, I was like about eight stone because obviously I'm like five foot 10. So I was all skin and bones. You could see my ribs and even still now you can still see a bit of scars on, on my arms. But I had literally picked my arms so much from the drugs, you know, just like me, like I guess a crack and I was there all the time and I was just always jittering and stuff. Cause I was, my PTSD was so like it was fucking so mad. Like I didn't realize that I had it. I just was just constantly in it. And I, you know, if, it was mad because that's when Mara started picking up on it because she I she would say something. I was like, oh, my God, sorry, it's not done, it's not done. And she's like, Sam, it's all right, calm down. And I was just like, she was like, what do you mean? Like, And then she started asking about about um, Steve and she was like, you know, is, um, is Sam, what are you doing with him? Like, who is he? And I told her again the same spiel. And bless her, she... Um, she stayed with me, like, even when I was getting pimped out, like, we was having um, a relationship through Skype. And then the little dickhead, like, turned around and was like, I tell you what, we're going to let you stop brassing now. Made it really cute, apparently, on Valentine's Day. Um, and, yeah, um, I stopped brassing. However, I was still made to give the targets. But I went from, like, five grand a week to two grand a month. And it was from webcam. Um, so, again, guys, got to be careful because you don't know what you're actually spending your money on. Um, but believe it or not, it was hard for me to get that money because I had at the time her, her friends sponging off me, like living in my house rent free and I had to pay the bills and I had to also give him two grand and he left me with a five grand Coke bill that I had to pay off. So I started to get the pressure then because it was like, I couldn't, I wasn't brassing. Um, I didn't want to, I wanted to be with Ma, you know what I mean? Like I just, for once, I just wanted someone to like have my body for them. And like, you know, belong to someone, I guess. I just really wanted that. I'd never had it in my life. And um, yeah, so the webcam 
but it started to build up really quick because I couldn't make the money as, as easy. Um, and I, I messaged my dad and that was when I asked my dad for money, I realised it would get bad. Like I, I started to, you know, thinking, oh shit, I need to start getting out loans and stuff, even though I was already fucking about, in about 15 grand's worth of debt. And then Mara was the one that said, Sam, um, ask, him, ask him why you're giving him money. And I was like, fuck off, babe. I was like, nah, that ain't happening. I was like, I have to, um, I, I was like, I, I have to protect my family. I was like, I, 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 I'm, I have to pay this money. And she was like, why are you paying it though? Like, if you're like, why? And I was just like, well, wait a minute, you said I needed protecting from when I went out working and I'm not going out working anymore, so why? So I guess I put on my big boy pants and I remember just asking, I was, it's mad, I, I wasn't ever allowed to call him, so I had to call Pete, who then called him to call me, and uh, he called me in seconds, mate, like, because he knew, I, I was a bitch that knew her place, I was not someone who rang ever, like, and then I remember when he was on the phone, and he was like, is everything okay, everything okay, like, you know what I mean, and I said, I've got to ask you a question, and I think that's when he knew, because I wasn't allowed to ask questions, and I, for the first time, said, I want to ask you a question, and he was like, all right, okay, go on then, and I was like, why am I giving you money, and these words were, I tell you what, I just want you to know I've done everything for you. Everything's been for you. So because how these Illuminati people roll, apparently if it's good or bad, they made it happen. So he made Mara happen because I deserved it, apparently. Bullshit. He would have fucking had me to the end of my life, my life expectancy of seven years if he could have. Because um, that's what human trafficking survivor lasts is, and I can understand why, uh, seven years just from being just under that. And uh, yeah, I asked him, and that's when he was just said, let's call it quits. Wow. That's all he said. Like, And I was like, no, I panicked. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, listen, I, I, if you need the money, I will give it to you. I said, I just want my family to be protected. And he was like, no, don't worry. They're all safe. Everything's okay. And everything I've done for you. And I was like... <laughs> It was like this weight had just lifted off my shoulders and I was like, holy fuck. Like, and, and I, that was it. Then I, I could fucking start thinking for myself. I was obviously still addicted to drugs. Like, but if you think for like for the whole three years, like I've been giving someone two grand every a minimum a week. I was like, what the fuck? Um, so I guess I got my freedom and I went a bit wild. Um, and I, um, two weeks later got a police letter through the door and obviously I had shit myself at this point babe because he told me that the reason um so he told me that he had shot his son for grasping to the police on who he was yeah this is right at the start so that we never ever told the police and when I seen that police card I genuinely thought it was him and I was like nah fuck that nope 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 and um, I messaged Angel, who was the girl that broke the seal, and I messaged her and I shown her the picture of the, the card. I was like, is that real? Is it the real police card? And she was like, yeah, it is. And it said there that we need to contact me um, regards Steve. And I was like, fuck. I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, no, don't want nothing to do with it. And then the girl 
that had started the inquest a year and a half before had messaged me and was like, Sam, it's me. Mm. I need you to step up. I've been doing this for the last year and a half. Please, please come. So I rounded the troops up, got a few people together. One of the girls um, that he trafficked, one of my best friends who was involved, and Mara, and she bought two girls as well, the other the other girl. And, um, yeah, we got him put in prison. And um, he got found guilty of trafficking me in the mine. He didn't get found guilty of the rape um, because apparently you need it to be, like, DNA swab kind of thing. Like, And no one really gets found guilty of a rape because like, who the fuck's going to go swab themselves after that, you know? Uh, so... Yeah, and as much as we got him put in prison, which really helps the case in regards to people understanding how real this is, what didn't help was that he only got eight and a half years and got out in four years on good behaviour. Because how the fuck, babe? Like, my friend, she got done um, for a text message and got two years in prison. She had to serve that time. And he got to ha- she got half a sentence for a text message. And he he is is the man that I've just explained to you, like you know. And but either way, like the, we, again, we had a good judge. He um, got the uh, he basically cautioned the police lady. Luckily, she's not working anymore. But he cautioned her, and then. Um, yeah, the lady, the police lady, Katrina sounds like she's amazing. Like she is honestly one of the best police ladies. Like I, I'm so grateful for her, you know. And so after when we got him put in prison, like, but leading up to that, I was still involved in the industry. You know, I didn't know any different. I even did a show on BBC Free Mate about webcamming. And the thing was, like, if you see me on that video, like, you can see me break down on that video. It's mad. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I didn't know what else to do. Um, so I kept webcamming. Um, and you know, even when and, and escorted again because I just, I didn't know how to get money, babe. Like it was, it wasn't in my my head I the only job I'd had was at home bargains before that so I had no clue um and I was used to this money so the hell to the no was I gonna be going to do any other go back to home bargains anyway so um something happened though like I guess starting to break from that spell of being a sex object it it got more degrading to me in my head about the webcam and it got it felt worse and that's when I say I went into the domination stuff what you were saying about um that's so funny I smile now because it's fucking hilarious because I guess I kind of took that pack because I fucking hated guys you know what I mean after it I was like fuck them all like kill them like. are you gonna get it now <laughs> I was like you have no idea what's coming mate um, honestly so yeah I, I I went from the escort and I started doing domin um, but then I got a conscience, mate, and I realised kicking these guys in the balls and pissing on them really wasn't my style, do you know what I mean? Because it was just a bit freaky, mate. Like, and, you know, they, they, these these people exist as well, that, you know, are each to their own. If you're not hurting anyone, do you know what I mean? Dress up like a dog and bark down the road, each to their own. But you asked about the weirdest thing, and honestly, some of these guys that I've done domination on, babe, like, um, like the hooking and, like, you know, just... Hooking? Um, 
Yeah, they're What's like they're skin hooks, babe. Or put on hooks. Like put on hooks, babe. Like honestly, like it's mad. Um, and then like, uh, I think that was the thing that stopped me though, because when I, I, there was the blood, I was like, no, nah, I can't do this shit no more. Like, but they genuinely love it. Like they have like people that are obsessed with feet, you know. And because I was black, believe it or not, they had this weird thing where they worship black people. Um, and in the adult industry, like there's this thing called BBC, um, and it means. <laughs> This big black dick and basically the guys there's guys that are called cuckolds and they 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 want to be their bitch basically and sort of like, like honestly they like it's free oh, it's slow like, down. They... <laughs> what what does a cuckold do so a cuckold is oh, it makes me oh, it makes me so happy that you know none of this stuff so basically like a cuckold is someone i thought i knew a lot <laughs> oh no this is gonna honestly like this is definitely not a pg interview mate but like looking what they do is they like to have um someone ejaculating a woman a black man a big black man um, and then they like to clean it up after. <laughs> oh, your face! <laughs> Hold on, someone pays. Yeah, a lot for a black guy to ejaculate, ejaculate inside a woman, and then he, the person who's paying, cleans it up. What yeah. do you mean by clean it clean up? Clean it up, babe. Clean it out. Like, uh, yeah. They honestly, and they love it, and they're fucking crazy. So that person's got that other person's jizz yeah. in their mouth. Yeah, and they be- they beg for it, babe. They beg for like, it. They beg for it. So like, obviously, oh like they literally beg for it, babe. Like, it's mad. It's so mad. And I've never, I've never really like. I, like spoke a lot about the doming stuff babe you know what I mean like I've never really gone into that kind yeah. of stuff because like really with my story but I guess that was like the funny part of my story because mate I just remember like being like mate I need to fucking kick some balls mate because yeah. I hate these guys right now but then I got a conscience because I started to get into financial domination and that's when what guys- does that mean that's when guys pay your life basically pay for uh, your life yeah so I send them a picture of my middle finger and then they buy my meal um, what <laughs> <laughs> I just opened your world up now, and I'm like, you're gonna start getting. You all just the send a up. picture of that, and then they send yeah, you money. I send that. So I basically, yeah, I send them that, and I tell them that they're like dirty pigs and stuff, and I tell them to like sleep in with pins in their pants and stuff, and they do it, and then um, they send me money to, for doing it. So you don't actually ever meet them? No, I never met any of them. Like apart from like the doming stuff, but fin dom, no, I had two two slaves, and I never met any of them. Fin dom slaves. Fin dom slaves. They're called pay pigs, babe. Pay pigs. Yeah, and Dave was a good pay pig. <laughs> he was. Slay Dave was sick, man. But then I got a conscience, and I was like, do you know what? I can't do this. Like I actually can't do this. Um, because the guy lost his job and he still wanted to give me money and then my conscience kicked in and I was like, nah, mate, I can't So are these it. like incredibly wealthy people who are just throwing money at you is nothing yeah. to them or are they like giving you their life savings and bankrupting themselves? Um, no, uh, the guy the guy was a teacher. Like, he, had a good, he had good money. Like, um, But then when he lost his job, but then that went to him wanting to do all that kind of stuff. But no, he was lovely, man. And I think that's when I started to feel like I need to get out of this game. But what happened naturally was that I ended up um, just going shopping and I met a, a charity fundraiser um, for something called Amnesty International, which is the biggest human rights organisation in the world. They stopped me. Uh, they were telling me about corruption in the government. So my ears pricked up. I was like, oh, I know about corruption. Maybe not in the government, but I know about corruption. Then they spoke to me about human rights. And that's when I was like, what are human rights? And I was like... 
oh my God, I had my human rights taken away from me and I didn't know because what, they're not teaching that in schools either, are they? Um, and then they said they were stopping things like child marriage and FGM and I was like, can you get me a job? Like, that's what I said, I was like, can you get me a job? They said it was £12 an hour, so I thought, do you know what? It might not be the £50 an hour that I'm used to, but this really started to eat. I felt something in me, like, I can't explain it. Like, I think when you align with your purpose, like, you feel like... And it kind of didn't care about the money either. I thought, fuck, I was like, you know, I could do this for free. Like, I would, I would want to stop kids from getting married for free. Like, I want to stop people from their having their human rights violated. Um, and, yeah, I ended up working for them, and... Um, I think that's when my life really started to turn, working for Amnesty International and fighting for people like Edward Snowden um, and understanding about the fact we were helping refugees and Obama was dropping the bombs and I just started to realise about all this stuff that they weren't teaching me and, you know, meeting... um, amazing people along the way who genuinely just wanted change and then I started to volunteer to go into the schools to teach about human rights um and that's when I realized what I had to do and I went into them schools and I I I just fucking loved it and that's when I knew because I was doing it for free that it was me and I was like wow I was like these kids and they love me like because I'm not I'm not a teacher I go in there with my snapback and my Jordans and all like me let me tell you the teachers are teaching you what your granddad was learning because they're told that I was like let me teach you something what you want to learn and I I, I interact with these young people you know what I mean and and, and they're, they're not dumb and they're so smart and like getting it all off the internet aren't they, they? the information age honestly Google how to make an egg well not Google <laughs> duck duck go we like that one <laughs> well I do, I do drug talks in schools and the oh, PSHE yeah. teachers are telling me for the sex education, the kids' first sex education is what they see online, the porn. No, babe, I know. And you know, yeah. the youngest age of a, of a child online is seven years old. Mm. Like, what the fuck? And this is, again, like, so this is why. So when I I've, um, went into the schools and stuff, I realised I had something where I could teach young people and they would listen. And I thought, you know what? Like, it's only because I was the naughty kid that I know how to keep them, their in- attention. Do you know what I mean? Their attention span. And I started, um, in 2019, I started my first charity, um, which was um, Damage You Projects. And it was a shame because we started to work with councils, we started to work with uh, youth clubs, and um, we were planning to go into schools in 2020, and then what the fuck happened? Pandemic Rona, stopped it. Me, honestly, yeah. it stopped everything for me. Um, I've luckily started to work now with um, a youth club, but doing it as Zoom. But I don't like that, like, so I'm like, do you know what, like... Being there in front of the audience and feeling I the know. energy and everything, the they responses. They work so well. And also yeah. the things we talk about on my courses where we talk about online and offline grooming and I need to be there with them to make sure they're okay and that they're safeguarded. You know, I don't even want to do shit like that over the over stuff, um, over internet because if they go off that and cry, like, and I haven't, you know, because usually when I used to go into the schools, this is why I, I was so adamant that I had to set up this organisation because kids were disclosing themselves to me and for a stranger to go in and just talk about you know for like what I was talking about and for them to say that they'd have been abused at home or something was going on I knew then and then I was like nah 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 I was like this has to this has to get bigger um and then obviously Rona but what I want to do now with Diamond Projects is I always said Diamond Projects was for the UK 
So, because we have a problem here with human trafficking and I'm sick of people denying it. Um, for some reason, they think it's like a Taken film. When I go into the schools and I speak about it, they're like, oh, is it, is it like that guy from Taken Miss? <laughs> and I'm like, a little bit, but that does happen too. But no, like it is actually like that you're coerced into this. Like, And that's when I think it's so important because the online grooming, like things like Fortnite, TikTok, you have people on TikTok, babe, telling you how to be a sugar baby, saying, oh, like, honestly, like what, that was not in my generation again we're going to go back to the start of where I started of saying this is why I'm so scared because if we don't address these things now how many more of me my stories are going to have are going to be made I don't want that we need to cut the cycles of abuse off so with Diamond You Projects um, this is my t-shirt that we created um, for to create donations because this year I really want to build a safe house for the kids in the UK um I started uh, Stop Child Exploitation in 2020 because I got really excited because I was like, oh, I want to help everyone. And I get like that a lot. You've you probably picked that up already. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, I set up this second organisation where I'm going to go to uh, Congo and do the same thing, build a safe house for the kids, 60 kids. Um, but I really would just want to focus on Diamond Dew Projects this year because I think if I get that to where I want it to get to, we could get free therapy for the young people. We could get a safe house for the children. And then we could tackle the criminal justice system because I want to help with the mental health with there as well. Might be a bit easier to get into prisons and school nowadays with the way things are going <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think now for the past five years, Sean, I've dedicated my life. Um, five years it's been um, since I've been sharing my story. Like I say, um, this man, Steve, is, is public domain. Like People can look him up. If they look up the evil pimp of Birmingham, they can find him online. The police, they, they outed him in the news. They then put me on the news in 2018 as a human trafficking survivor. Um, and yeah, he got put in prison. So I guess for people living in the Matrix world, they can't deny or say that my life's a rabbit hole or, you know, that my life's a theory and it's been debunked because you can't say shit about that. And that's why it's sad because, you know, it's because of the likes of Janet Archer that I'm sat here with you today. And if any, like, people will, because no one's been put in prison, what are you going to deny that? Like, there's so many people out there that are trying to speak the truth, you know? Like, you've had another lady on here, Annika Lucas. She's amazing, you know? And it's like, how many of us have to step up? So for the past five years, I have been dedicating my life now to this mission, mate, and... For the past four years, I was sharing my story about human trafficking, got me to the Houses of Parliament for my activism work, you know what I mean? Like, I've been, been, been um, like I say, working for councils, and um, now, since the past year, I have exposed, um, I guess, about the darker side of things. Um, because he got out of prison last year, that's why I did it. So they rang me, they said he's getting out of prison, and I, I'm not joking, like... I, I started to have probably a mental breakdown in 2020 because I knew he was out and I'm like, how is this justified? Um, because they've been censoring me a lot as well um, this year. They um, unlawfully arrested me when I told my story at Hyde Park. Um, and What was the grounds for the arrest? They said that I was breaking COVID regulations, but mm. you have to fine people for that. You can't arrest them. And they also said they'd send me a fine, but they haven't sent me no fine. 
So they know that they know exactly that. Why would they? Why would they do what they did? So basically, that was horrible. Um, but then they also took down my YouTube channel. Um, I think I said that last time, didn't I? Which is funny because you probably what, said more than I. What have. was the basis for them taking a YouTube channel down? So it was because I'd made a harassment video of Jeffrey Epstein. It was that specific video. Did you just wake up one day and your channel was gone? Yeah. No. 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 First, first they took my story down off my channel. Oh, your own story. Yeah. So okay. when this first, so when 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 he. Got out in April last year I that was when I had I guess verbal diarrhea had a word with the highest and because I was having a mental breakdown and I was going to go back to drugs I was like please please can you help me like you know just having a word with the highest like I'm very spiritual like I believe that there's something bigger than us some people call it God you know I call it God but I'm not religious but I'm not stupid either you know like I know that there's something um, and I had a word and I was like you know I, I, I just didn't want to go back to my old self um, I started getting clean last year and luckily it didn't break me and I'm still clean today of the coke um, after I've been sort of 17 bloody hell it's like well nearly 15 years like so I'm very proud of myself but last year it was so weird because when I started to talk about um, the Illuminati the Satanism side of things um yeah, I told. I at first I told my story because I I had to say it on my YouTube channel because I I I just was, I was so scared and I just thought, Do you know what, if I don't get this out, I was scared. I wasn't scared for me. I was scared for other people that he was going to hurt them. Um, so I, I blurted it all out and it probably wasn't put together the best way. So they've probably done me a favour, like to be honest. But the reality of it is, first they deleted the, the video of my and story. And did they give you a reason why they deleted it? Um, they said what I was talking about was harassment. Um, so what I was trying to do was trying to get people to understand how I understand how the media are manip- like very manipulating and how they use NLP techniques. And I was trying to show that some people can be bad who set up charities because I was just relating everything that I know about like the, founda- the um, Epstein Foundation and who they're linked to and all that kind of stuff. Um... And I was just showing how I know that through my own story. Um, And I guess my story probably wouldn't have come out as much as it is now, which is why I'm grateful for platforms like yours, because it seems right now that's the only thing I can do. Um, I was on the ZZ Mills show not long ago, and I think with that, because with all of, with you, Sean, like a lot of people that follow you are truthers, with the ZZ Mills show, I'm glad it went out on there because a lot of people, I guess, are still stuck in the matrix who can watch that kind of stuff sometimes. You know, I was the second non-celebrity on her show, do you know what I mean? So she started to really talk about some really good stuff now, how music influences our minds, like human trafficking, like myself. Um, And we are getting the truth out there now, babe. And that is why, like, I don't care. Like, they've took my 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 Instagram down twice as well. What were the grounds for that? They said again. They they took it down, and they said that I had um, gone against uh, the I'd violated their terms and conditions. But then, obviously, I emailed did. They say them. which one? No, they just said you can read the terms and conditions <laughs> here. And I was, but obviously, you're talking to a bot, aren't you? At read Instagram. the small print. I know, like, about uh, everything. Then we can't say. But it's funny though, isn't it? Because. I know a lady that is responsible for getting the option on Instagram of the explicit child photo. Um, you know, so if you see an image of an explicit child, and that wasn't long ago, that was put on Instagram, and it was because of this lady that it was put on it. And I, I think sometimes that this this society can cater for paedophiles, and I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like 
how it's so um, just blasé about the dark web and that kids are going missing at the rate that they are and that we, we've become a society that just accept, like, we're saying paedophiles have mental health, like, and I'm like, one minute, so... Like, my guy has been let out on good behaviour and, you know, he could be said that he has mental health, but he's hurting other people. Like, you, we cannot deny, like, if you are hurting another person, especially a child, like, bun you, man. Like, no, like, we can't accept this. So, um, I think I'm really just hoping, Sean, um, by me now using other people's platforms like yourself, um that this message can get out there, um, that cults are real, human trafficking is real, child exploitation happens, grooming happens. And I can guarantee, because since I've been speaking now, the amount of people that have come to me about the abuse that they've been through, there is trafficking survivors, like I've mentioned before, that are coming forward. There's people that I've interviewed on my own Instagram. Um, there's a, a India Oxenberg who spoke about um, the Nixium cult, and that that, that is on um, Prime, Amazon Prime. Like the, the We need to stop denying this now and um, I think I'm just adding fire to the fuel um fuel to the fire sorry by uh, showing people that this isn't just at the top this is in our schools this is in the crevices of society because what Steve was doing was making a charity with our money as well and this is what people need to remember he took a quarter of a mil off me alone and he was making a charity for single mothers with that money like part of that money I also found out that he was gambling as well uh, which is really mad because um like I actually ended up being um a professional masseuse for private for professional poker players and found out that people that who knew who he was and I was like and they told me he was always a scumbag and I was just like wow you know so again you don't know who you sat next to you don't know where these people are well, my guy was used to gloat about wearing George clothing, driving a clapped out car, and, and it turned out he was living in a high rise with two kids. So, so what was he convicted of in the end? So he, he's directly linked to human trafficking. So it was forced prostitution for financial gain of me and, and, and the minor that was involved as and well. And he got eight years and served four. Eight and a half years he was got put in prison for and he served four on good behaviour. People watching this are going to be absolutely flabbergasted because crimes against women and kids are absolutely the most despicable. Terrible. So to do four years for trafficking a minor... When there's people doing massive sentences for bullshit. Bullshit, babe. The whole justice system is upside down. Yes, babe. And that's why we've got our mission statement, end the war on drugs, take all those resources and go after these predators and give them long sentences. Yes, babe. It's not four bullshit years. That's, oh my God. Babe, I always say, you know, lady justice is blindfolded for a yeah. reason. And it really is up to us now as this generation. I applaud you, Sean. Like, mm. honestly, like, I was a bit of a fango when I come in when I was like, oh. But it's only because, like, if there's people, if there isn't people like us stepping up for our future generations, these cycles of abuse will continue. And I think it's a duty of care on my behalf to let people know what the fuck happened. Like, and I, I keep saying to me, I put myself up for judgment every time. People can judge me. They can go out. There'll probably some awful people will go out there and search my fucking content. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, I, I know this, this, you know, predominantly that people have been amazing to me, but there is certain people that chat shit. Like, do you know what I mean? And they say horrible things to me and, you know, and I just think, 
that in itself is the reason why this continues. Like Steve used to laugh and he'd be like, we are getting away with so much because of people not listening. Like, and he used to glow about it. Like, and it's just, how many more people like me have to step up? How many more people have to get dismissed? Well, the Epstein this? case is woke. A lot of people are. I don't yeah. know if you saw, we interviewed Maria Farmer, Epstein victim. Was that, because I watched the one um, with, uh, was it Robert Nygaard? Is that, is it? Is that Peter Nygaard's Peter son, Nygaard. Kai. Yeah, 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 yeah he's yeah. a brave guy as well. <sighs> Very brave, Going like... against his own dad. I know, babe, this yeah. is what I'm saying. Like, how yeah. many people have to step up? Like, how many? Yeah. And I think if you look at things like Nixium, the Epstein case, and my case, like, it comes by us coming together. Like, we didn't take that man down by one person. It wasn't one of us. Like, we all had to do it. And, you know, um, it's the same with all the other situations. Like, once you have us come together, and this is what I continuously say, why they want to divide and conquer us, is because once we come together, we are a force to be reckoned with. And, and the thing about Save Our Children is that's also censored too. Hopefully people can understand why are they censoring that? Like, why are they censoring me? Like, why are they doing things where they're unlawfully arresting survivors? Like, this is the thing. You have a court case documenting that this yeah, happened. Yeah. I think you perhaps you could appeal to YouTube to get your channel back based on your court case. Wow, that could be some... Uh, yeah. That's actually a good idea. Like, yeah, cause, what, cause who am I harassing? What it is, the enemy may have reported you mm -hmm. and said these things and you've not had your chance to present your side of the story with your documentation. Oh, we can do that then. That could that could be a good avenue. Because, like, um, Anna Breeze, she's a journalist and who exposed a lot of stuff. She lost her channel, but she managed to get her channel back. I saw that. Really? Wow. I think she's got over 100,000 subs right now as well. Wow. See, this is the thing. I didn't even have 1,000 subs, babe. Yeah. I'm like, how scared are you? Like, not even that many people were following This is the me. thing, I, you know... I, I've had my channel started 12 years ago as a prison channel. Get my story and helping prisoners get their stories out there. Yeah. In the last couple of years, the Epstein thing, we branched out to true crime. Epstein became the biggest thing on the channel. And the attacks then. Oh, tell me. Non stop, just I bet attacks. I royalists as well that are like, what do you want to No, he's amazing. Andrew is amazing. Like, oh, please. Like, honestly, he's But they're very clever, the enemy. Yeah. They put together all kinds of things to try and bring you down. And they have trolls working for them, babe. Trolls working for them. They start accusing you of the things. Yes. And all kinds. And it's like the trolls combine and put together these fake narratives. And suck some of your followers in I know, babe, to try and turn that, turn your own followers and subscribers against you. How dare they're, they're they? They're very, babe. very calculated and tricky to deal with. But they're working for the darkness, though, aren't they, babe? Yeah. So it's yeah. like no matter what, they're going to have that kind of evil streak inside of them. But I'm not being funny, but we're trying to stop child exploitation yeah. and we're trying to stop human trafficking and we are the bad people. Okay, then, yeah. mate. Like, come on. like, And then, like, it's just mad, isn't it? Like, it's, but we know we live in a society that lets people defend themselves by saying they don't sweat on the BBC do you know what I mean like how many of them have they had on the BBC Savile oh mate honestly defending these people like um, and I'm just I'm just like how long is it now that we have to wait for the world to realise that this affects more people and children than anything else anything what's going on right now does not have a touch on the nerve of the kids going missing to that industry and for me because I know I was a 21 one year old woman like you know 21 to 24 for me like 
I was like, I'm, I know I was young, but I was still a, a lot older than, than some of the kids that are getting taken. So for them, I will do this until there's no breath in my body left because I am here with um, the mission to save the children. Like, Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I've got some more questions for you, but okay. um, you mentioned earlier about the dark web. So every Friday night we do a live stream with Ron Swanson who goes in and exposes nice. those creeps on the dark web. So if people are watching this, um, please support what Ron Swanson does. So just going back to this guy then, in your case. um, So was he trafficking you to elite people? No, babe, that was the thing. There was no, there was no, not that I know of. Do you know what I mean? When the 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 big money was changing hands, were, were these people, they must have had quite important jobs to have that much money to spend? So when I was trafficked, babe, like, uh, the, most of the time, like, I wasn't really sold for more than £200 an hour, so it wasn't really that. But he always used to say, what do you think I'm doing with the money? So I'm like, who, who like, he was living in a high-rise. Who else was getting the money? Like, I know he was gambling. Like, I know that he was trying to set up a charity, but you don't have five grand a week and just do that. So I don't know because... Gamblers can piss a lot of money away. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But at the same time, like, I don't know if he had a handler. I don't know if he had someone to give money to. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't... I really didn't know anything about him, which was the most dangerous part. So you didn't know his life history or anything? I didn't know nothing. Even with the court case, were you able to find out things about him? So the court case, that's when I found out that he was in, like, a high-rise in Birmingham, that he had two kids and a missus. Um... While all this was going on, yeah, babe, like literally, all of this stuff was going on, and he was li- and this is why it was panicking because it's like what she was clueless. Kids? Well, this is the thing; I don't know how clueless she was to the drugs. I know she was; she was aware of the, him getting on drugs and stuff. But in regards to that, no, I think she was clueless because I don't know I, who who the hell really would stay around them with kids. Like, if you knew that that was happening. How old was he during this period of time? So he's in his late 50s, well, his early 50s, like, and I, like, if, yeah, as I said, like, he's public domain, like, anyone can search him. Like, and if you look at him as well, like, he just looks like a, a normal guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, people are like, what does, what does a, a pimp look like? What does a, because they're not fucking got, like, it's not like something out of, like, Snoop Dogg. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what do human traffickers look like? They don't have a label. They come as gay. They come as black. They come as white. Like, do you know what I mean? They come as women. Like, and, and this Maxwell. is why. Yeah, this is why it's like, we have to, for me, like, the kids are what will save us because they will take all the racism, the homophobia, everything out of the way because, unfortunately, the pedos exist in every single label like you cannot tell me that there isn't like um corruption in in the religious world that there isn't corruption in the police like, but this is why i feel like once the labels are dropped and we just want to save the children like we can let focus now on on us coming together because that's what they don't want us to do and i think that's the, always the message that i'll always portray no, what, uh, what else did you learn about him from the court disclosure? Uh, just that he was setting up the charity as well. Um, we learned that he was setting up a he charity. He had a quarter of a million pounds he was putting in, doing that, did you say? Well, we had. I, I worked out he had a quarter of a mil off me, so he okay. would have had more than that, babe, because he was... 30 girls... The, throughout the whole process, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like literally, like, and I, like, without a doubt, like, the homeless girls were bringing him in money because they were just willing to do anything, do you know what I mean? But even they weren't stupid, man. They got off, like, they even got, like, everyone got off before me. I, I honestly was such a, a mind control puppet, and I just, I'm just so glad that I did not turn into him. Do you know what I mean? It's like now looking back, it's like 
anything he ever tried to get me to do. Like, even any of the other girls either, he could never push them to do because none of us were as evil as him. You know, when he tried to get, to get that girl to kill another girl in Thailand, like, because that's what he tried to do. He tried, when he, We went Thailand one year. Um, when you and, say we, how many of you? Just me and another girl. And, and, and him? He come later, yeah, and then he took So us. he sent you to Thailand, did he? No, it was my birthday, so I was apparently allowed to go there, but when we got there it turned into a hellhole because the girl that I was with was being made to pimp me out. So it, this is what I mean. So you guys did, not, did you know each other before? Yeah, we knew each other before and that's why it was so sad because that was who he was using um, to, like, he was doing the evil things too. He was like, and then he was getting her to pimp me out. So she, she was being made to do evil things to me and I didn't know. How does that work in a foreign country? Isn't that a bit... Exactly, no, so she was making me do things like walk out in my underwear to get chicken and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Like, she was just being really horrible to me and telling yeah. me how to do things and go places. Um, but when we was in Thailand, that's when he come over, I didn't know, obviously, until after, but he had tried to get her to kill one of the prostitutes that they brought back. What was his motive? That he just wanted her to do it, he wanted her to show him that he could, she could, um, because that's how they work as well, don't they, blackmail? At the victim... Who the, the possible victim mm -hmm, had she yeah. pissed him off in some way? No, no, no. He was his plan anyway. He just wanted this loyalty bond. He wanted for stuff a on us, thing. babe. Yeah, he wanted stuff on us like Crimes. every single time. Like, yeah, honestly, that's why I think he was drilling us with all of that the paedophilia stuff. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just trying to get us to be on his level, but no way. Like, when you're a light worker, like when you're full of light, like no matter how much the darkness tries to take you, like if anything, you'd probably hurt yourself over another person. Because even when I remember when he tried to get me to stab him, because he went to stab me and then he turned the knife on me and that was when I said to you I was going to commit suicide because we was on a balcony and I thought fuck it if I jump I'll do it but I think I was having a psychosis and I basically heard a voice to tell me not to do it um, and that I'd be okay but yeah like even like with all of the stuff that he's done like he would he denied it all he was like saying oh no and it was funny because the court case when we was there um did you have to look at him in court no look at you know what's the weirdest thing as well so i work um, alongside a lady now who's actually responsible for changing the law to make sure victims can have a screen mm. around them mm. and it was her that changed the law so luckily we had a screen um but one of the girls is so traumatized she had to do it through video so that um she couldn't even be in the same room as him uh that was the minor blesser and he was so funny so when it was like our interviews i mean sorry our thing in court he basically got his story wrong and um, when she um, was interviewing the minor, um, like um, the defence, she was like, oh, I believe that this has happened on this date. And he was like, boom, boom, boom on the class windows because he knew that he got his story wrong. But obviously there's little like little snidey things like that. It's like when when I was there, he was coughing and tapping on the window saying, oh, that's not right. Like you need to say this kind of thing. And it's like, he's just, he's just that weird that he feels like he has to control everything do you know what I mean like and he's trying to manipulate the people and he always used to say to me Sam I can pay off a thousand pounds to one of the court people in court because all he needed was one person to say no so obviously there's all these things but I'm just so glad and and so um grateful for the, the the minor that started all this off without her we wouldn't have had that inquest and he wouldn't have had the time that he did and as much as it's quite like tyranny the fact he got fucking four years like at least that 
kind of justifies our story, which then gives us power, which will then make people realise how real this is. Um, and I'm just, yeah. I'm and because a, he's been fully exposed, yeah. we're assuming he would not be able to continue to do this kind of thing. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, because he is on the sex offenders register for life. However, we know that they can change their names. Um, and yeah. But, Get a canal boat. And, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, the canal boats, they freak me out. So this is why now, like, I just want people to know who he is so they can protect themselves. I want them to know about how easy it is for them so that they can protect their children. And I want people to know that I I am here as a force to be reckoned with. And I think that I went through what I did so that I could help others. And that's all I want to do now is just prevent this from happening and also um, to save anyone from going through it. Because if I can stop one person, then I've done my job. But luckily, I'm going to go for the millions, like I said, and I'm not going to stop. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it all. I'm here to save the kids, and I'm here to burn Babylon to the ground. <laughs> you are one of the most passionate speakers we've ever had on the podcast. Thanks, You babe. are, like, glowing. I really care, Sean. So... <laughs> One of the most disturbing parts of the whole story was this about the homeless people. I mean, I've never yeah. heard anything like this before. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. How, like, would he just walk around to find homeless people? Would he send people out to find homeless people? How would he do around. it? Drive around. Drive around in, like, city centres. So in the in Birmingham, the red light area is um, is um, uh, um, Holloway Road. Is it... Um, I think I can't remember what the actual street's called, but there's basically a red light district in in Birmingham. Still, people still go out on the streets doing. Yeah, I the, the street all... walkers. No, yeah. no, no. The street walkers are there. Still babe. street walkers. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's sad, man. And I'm I guaranteed near enough all of them are getting trafficked or working for the gear, you know. Yeah. Um, or both, and um, he would drive up and down there, and um, yeah, he would just offer them drugs and then take them. So he would get homeless street walkers, mm-hmm. get them in his car. Mm-hmm. And then take him back to the give apartment. Him a spiel, give back him a to bit the apartment. Of yeah, yeah. It's the same same process was with me, but with oh. the, the 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 heroin instead of the um, the coke. And what would he do then? Try and like clean them up and stuff, and then put them on the road. No, no, no. Well, well, I don't <laughs> mean I don't say, mean I don't mean no, clean no, them up no. from drugs. I mean like. Oh. From being homeless to looking ah okay appearance, no appearance no he didn't wise. care he he called them scumbags and and he didn't care about that he um obviously they would be in apartments with me but no no he didn't care they were disposable to him like he didn't care I mean to get the most amount of money out from the customers wouldn't he have had to like make make their appearance better. No, babe. No. These guys will fuck a dog with lipstick, mate, honestly. And I don't, honestly, like, and I know this just because these women are beautiful inside, yeah, and it's sad. But they are, they are, from external, like, you know, like some of them have been through so much abuse that they did look like, Mm. uh, yeah, one of the girls, like, like you said, like the police officers were repulsed, and and it's sad. because she was so sweet. She tried to give me a makeup box, like, bless her, like, because she was still giving, like, do you know what I mean? She was still giving. And they probably her, had some so. serious mental issues yeah. as well. Yeah, oh my God, that's why they're on the drugs, babe. How, I couldn't handle being raped by my dad, do you know what I mean? So God knows, like, how they handle what they do. Did you see any of those people, or any of the girls, in fact, like, cutting themselves or trying to commit suicide, anything like that? No, but I'm aware that some of the girls that were in the situation are, self, are self-harmed. Um, I think there's different degrees, isn't there, of self-harm, whether that be through narcotics or whether that be physical yeah or even um you know um going out and throwing yourself as an object again you know there's so many forms of that food you know what i mean gorging or not not eating at all um did any of the girls go out and not come back or go out and were like 
got in a really dangerous situation where he had to rescue them or they would he would was always... there a system in place if like the client just turned psycho had a kill kit or something no because basically that nearly happened twice with us like there was a guy and it's like you just like no he, he said there would be but he never interjected in in any sense whatsoever it was more like a phone call after him and said well this has happened he's like right I'll sort it bullshit mate god knows what he probably just put the phone down and was like let's get them to make more money yeah because he wouldn't beat up a man he, he was just such a coward he was a coward, was a coward babe this is what yeah. I'm saying like he always like so I've spoken to some of the poker people and they said he was a bully, but like to women, like he wasn't a bully. He was an aggressor. Like he was a, a manipulator and a narcissist, like who had every p- agenda. Um, and he used to say that he was uh, pimped out as a kid. Like that's what he said. His mum was a prostitute. Now for me, like that would make it understandable, but not justified because what does that mean? I need to go beat people up now. Does that mean that the likes of Jenna Archer are going to start stabbing people? No, because that's not what we do, babe. You know, like we care about humanity because you can either go bitter or better. And I don't even know if that was true anyway, but even if it was true, that does not justify like you going around doing that like because what he was doing like I remember he used to like like nearly burn me with cigarettes and he'd be like can you feel the heat and he'd tell me that that's what his mum used to do to him like when he's doing it to me and I'm just like so one minute you've had all this bad stuff done to you and you want to continue that like come on like so for me I don't I don't have I forgive him I've had to because I've for the past um like I think nine years, I've been doing so much from like therapy, neuroplasticity, personal development, mindfulness, microdosing, um, gym, you know what I mean? Like everything, baby, like, I, I rewire my brain every day to know I'm a survivor and I've took my own NLP course so I know what the fuck he was dealing with. So I became a practitioner and I was like, oh, that's how you work language. And then I see what the government are doing and I'm like, oh, you're using the same techniques. Okay. <laughs> right, so, All the media, bullshit. Me, honestly. <laughs> Mind control, Pure. brainwashing. Exactly that, babe. And that is why, like, I will not stop. And I just want people to understand that with this information, like, you can save a child. So just think about how powerful you can be with the change just by spreading this knowledge. Because this the awareness mm. is the big one of the biggest things that we can do. People are always asking, what can I do? Infiltrate the system. What are you good at? Let's get all the creatives, the film directors, you know what I mean? Like, everyone, like, we know Out of Shadows is out now, like, Paul Kebab, but all of these things, they're not on mainstream media. Like, um, luckily, a few blue ticks are stepping up now, like, um, Marlene from Love Island, she had me on her live. They censored her shock. Um, ZZ, though, Mills, like, she's had it on. So there's, there is there is more coming now, and I'm hoping um, from this interview and the other stuff I plan this year, there will be a constant flow of people to, I guess, break free from this paradigm where they're trying to keep us because they are trying to hide the truth for a reason. Because I think if people knew to the extent of like, you know, like Epstein, like say it's a massive case around it all, but if they knew the extent of everything else that leads off that, they would be like, fuck you, mate. Like, you think I'm going to listen to you? Like, you can't even brush your own hair, let alone run a country. Like, it's like these people... They don't care about us. And I think when people realise that they are protecting people like Steve, you know, and, you know, they're victim blaming and, you know, it's just mad. Like, so I just think, I think hopefully, like, I'm just so glad that there's channels like yours, but I'm just hoping now we can get to a point in society where we can accept this so that we can make change. Because first we have to accept we have a problem 
in order to move forward. And I think that's where we're stuck at right now. People won't accept that this is real. And I get it. It's dirty. It's filthy. No one wants to fucking know. But think about how you feel living with it, mate. Like, you know, like, it's all well and good. People saying, oh, I don't care. Like, I mean, it, you know, um, it's, 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 I don't want to listen to it. It's too much for me. How do you think, like, honestly, I've wanted to wake up sometimes and just murk myself off because I feel like I felt when I was taking drugs, I was hurting people. I felt like... um I was basically felt like a piece of shit, do you know what I mean? And it took me nine years to work it all out and get to where I am now. And I just think, like, it's just sad because, like, I just don't see why we have to have more stories like mine come out to realise how real this is. Yeah, and I would urge people to watch TED Talks of not just victims yeah. of trafficking, of mums. Watch TED Talks of mums, mm. of kids who've been trafficked, of kids who've not come back, or kids that they've had to get back through various methods of just horribleness, the, the, the things that the kids went to, the, the kid disappeared one day, just ran away, ran off and fell into the hands of a trafficker, and what the trafficker made that kid did, and that. Hearing a mum say that kind of stuff, for me, just fucking, yeah. That's what I mean, my dad's like, you know, bless him, like... He struggled so much, like, with what happened. Um, you know, and I love him so much because he's supported me with everything. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of broke our family a bit. So it's sad, but um, that's why it's like I, I can't I can't just sit here. And it's like you say, like, they're, they're everywhere. There's TED Talks about this. Like, you know, there's channels like yours. Um, this will be on the mainstream media soon. And, and trust me, you'll be seeing this mug doing it. But <laughs> it will be me. And I will be making sure that I am the face of satanic ritual abuse and making people understand that this is closer to home than you think. This is more real than you think. And it's not something out of a movie. That's what they do to desensitise us. Um, these people are very real. Um, and they hide in the cracks and crevices of this society. And I want to try and eliminate some of them at least. We've got to try and do something, babe. So, yeah. All right. So as you are getting your story to bigger and bigger audiences, yes. have other victims like saw you and contacted you? Yeah. And how does that feel when that happens? So that's that's why I do it. Like I just feel like sometimes like when I know that I... Um, I've given someone else strength because everyone keeps saying to me I'm so strong and I keep saying to them listen like this isn't me because I don't like this whole guru thing like I think the false idol thing is what's got us in trouble but your passion like you exude this passion and power <laughs> seriously you are like a spearhead of this oh, yeah, babe, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. and I just think like when people message me and they they always say to me as well they're like I haven't been through anything you haven't and I'm like bro like, you don't understand the only thing you're resonating with is my pain because you've been through pain and that's why you resonate with me because you know what it feels like to be fucked over like and it's like that's why I feel like so many people are resonating with me now because I think throughout my life like you know, I have kind of represented everyone. Like, I'm a northern girl from Manchester. I'm a, I'm, I'm a not, I ain't normal, but I am. <laughs> In society's terms, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a normal girl. Like, so I'm trying to speak for all the survivors. I'm trying to give voices to the voices. I'm giving the voice to the seven girls that were with me and they won't speak. And not because they can't, it's because they don't want to. And so what? Like, if someone doesn't want to share their story publicly, then more power to them. But I want to make sure that if you don't share it or you do, you are a survivor and you are powerful. Never let these motherfuckers <laughs> try and take you and your brain because we are the controllers. We are the survivors and they have done everything they can to bury us, but we are fucking seeds, mate. And we grow that 
way. So put us however you want. But right now, what we're here to do in this society is to light up the world, Sean. Like, and it's people like us who will not stop and um, they best be fucking scared. <laughs> <laughs> now, as well as all the people reaching out to you then, have any of the people who are victims of the same guy mm. have you reached out to you? Any of the homeless or any of the other mm. girls? No, not yet. I knew that obviously the victims I went to uh, court with, I, I know them. Um, How many victims were there in court? Seven. Seven, seven. of us, yeah. Seven and have you kept in contact with them? So Yeah, some of them are my best friends. Like That's why it's sad because what who got brought into this were people that were very close to me. So, yeah, I think there's one girl I don't speak to anymore. Ma was one of the girls... Um, and yeah, but one of the other girls, like she was there towards the end. But then there was, um, there hasn't been anyone else, but you know when um, he come out from the news, there was other people that were commenting on in there about him like pushing them downstairs and all of that kind of stuff. So I think he was just a bit of a cunt in general, like to the, the, the public domain, like, but um, I've, not had any survivors that have been in my situation but if there is anyone that's ever been abused by Steve like and you know like they find him online and they know that and they come to me please do man because I'm on a mission now like you to get everyone's story out there of survivors of this kind of abuse um so yeah that would be amazing because apparently we can get him re-put re in prison if he's if he's done bad things as well so I know a lot of people when they go through this kind of stuff they just want to put it behind them and they don't want to put their face out there do you think there would be any of the other survivors of him who would want to come on here and tell their story? You could even, you know, come on with them to give them the strength. I would love, I would love them too. But I know personally up to now, like, they've just never wanted to, you know. Totally like, understandable. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why, like, maybe hopefully one day they would be ready. And if they was, I would always bring them to you there's, because there's, there's a trauma reliving space. it and everything. Yeah, and I think that, I think the only reason I can do this now is because I've, I've done it for so long. Like, when I first told my story, like, I, I, I tried to do it word for word off a piece of paper because I was so scared. Like, and even then, that's like... So I was in the schools with my piece of like, paper. Yeah, I tried to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it gets natural, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's what it's about, you know, and, and seven years to be a genius at anything they say. But um, I would love, I would love one day for another survivor um, of what happened to come forward because I guess it just puts, again, more fuel to the fire. Um, but like I say, all of the stuff I've spoke about is out there. It's public domain. You know, they can find all of this stuff anyway. Um, but I'm just hoping, yeah, I, re I really would love for another person to step up, but it's really not my place. Um, I speak for them when I say they're all survivors too. Um, we were in this as one and we took this man down as one. Um, and yeah, and I just hope that anyone else out there, because another survivor of SRA come out after I told my story, um, anyone who's a survivor of any kind of abuse, don't ever think that your story is not valid. Don't ever think that your story is not important um, because the amount of people that I've been able to heal by healing myself um, and just by telling my story, I tell you, it is one of the most empowering things. It's scary as fuck and people will say horrible things to you sometimes, but fuck them because um, as long as you know that what you're doing is shining the light, like, the, you know, it takes one candle to light up a dark room and we can be that candle. So, yeah, I truly believe that that's what we're doing now. And um, it's so dark, isn't it? You feel it sometimes society just doesn't want to acknowledge it exists because it is so dark they don't want to look at it it's an ugly thing and yeah. it, it just 
you feel dirty for knowing it sometimes, don't you? Like, and obviously, like, even when I have my flashbacks mm. and stuff, like, I sometimes, like, you know, I fucking, I just have to sit in the bath for a good hour, like, draining out of me because I'm like, fuck. You know, luckily, I don't self-harm, like, and I don't do, like, you know, I don't take drugs, like, I don't take the coke anymore and stuff, so... I, I find myself with means now things like superfoods. Um, I I keep I take this product that puts my body in ketosis. Um, I do a lot of personal development and do the gym. And I think what now I've got addicted to is bettering myself. Yeah. Um, which means now that the, he hasn't won, which is the biggest thing because I want to say a message to survivors that once you take control of your power back, they can't win you. And every thought, whether it be a flashback or whatever, um, you know, if you need to cry, cry. If you need to scream, scream. But just know that, like, you got through everything that you did because of the fucking warrior that you are, you know? And I think that's what we, like, as people that have been through abuse, we need to big ourselves up a bit more and we need to remember that. And I, I just want every survivor of abuse to know that they're not victims um, and whether that be anyone that it was in my situation, um, just know that your story is valid um, and your voice is needed and um, more power to you for surviving in it. Channel yeah. that energy into strength. Yes, babe. And you've got the heart of a mountain lion. If people want to reach out to you then. Yes. What what socials are you on? Um, I am on Facebook um, and Instagram because I I can't I can't cope with anymore. There are people like get a TikTok, get a this. I'm like me. Honestly, I'm still an old fogey with like bloody stuff like this. Oh, there's so much, isn't there? We need a team, don't we, babe? We need teams. We do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the place on uh, Facebook is Samantha Brown. That's my. Um, that's my uh, Facebook with an E on the end. And then my Instagram is Samantha B underscore D Y. Um, and then I've got my channels, obviously, regards my businesses. So I've got my um, uh, Stop Child Exploitation, Diamond Dew Projects, and my One Self Wellbeing. Because last year I turned into a bit of um, a healer regards like superfoods. Because with this whole virus happening, I thought, well, I want to keep myself in tip top, um, like, like optimal health. So I started to learn about superfoods and stuff. Yeah. So you some blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> no, these are like sea moss, babe. Oh, okay. This is good stuff. My mum's always saying sprouts, blueberries. These are our superfoods. You're, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. you. You're so sweet, babe. But no, these are like really good stuff. So I will send you some so you can have a look. But um, yeah, I just want I just want people to know that like we aren't what happened to us, and like you say, the past is something to belong there. To, to to learn from um and not to let consumers because we don't but we're not we we're not there anymore we are here and the present is a, is is a gift because it's the present moment like you know and i just i try and live like i know through trauma sometimes you can go back to that but i do try and live every day in the present moment i focus on my future and um i do something every single day that will invest in my well-being and push me towards my goals and i think that's another thing that we um, um, that make, can help people with their mental health is productivity um, with this mission. So whether it be making leaflets, posting, not everyone knows about just Lane and, and uh, Epstein, get some leaflets through the door. We just created a leaflet um, with a few things on there that we can post through the door, you know, with a bit of Wilfred on there, a bit of a few cases on there, just so we can try, because the media are, are trying everything they do to silence us and this message. So I just want people to think, well, why is that? 
why would they do that? Just think for yourself, like, why would they do that? Like, this is dangerous information. What, yeah, for the kids who could get exploited, if the information isn't put out there, that's when it's dangerous. Um, apart from that, this is very valid information that I feel like every parent should know about, every young person should know about. And let's face it, we all want to be accepted and we're all a bit naive and vulnerable. So I guess it's, it's for everyone to take on board and understand that, um, these wolves in sheep's clothing hide everywhere. It's so frustrating, isn't it, when you hear a story like John Wedge's, oh, and once he starts to help the kids on the streets, orders from above, shut it down. I know, I know, I Isn't know. that what the police are for? Literally. To protect the kids. To protect them, exactly. Like, And, you know, I openly speak about going on protests. I'm always on the protest for Save Our Children and the Freedom Marches. And I've tried to speak to police officers so much. Like, I'm like, because... Um, well, on the the twenty first, on the last one, it was actually a a, a, a a spring solstice. It was a solstice, and and on that day, on the satanic calendar, it's a big sacrificial time for children. And this is what I mean: people don't even know what the satanic calendar is. I've had to look into all of this stuff, and um, I was trying to explain it to the policeman. I was like, you know, there's a mass sacrificial day, and I was like, he's like, yeah, 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 and I was like, you don't know, do you? And he's like, and I was like, kids are getting exploited. He's like, I know. I said, yeah, but. You, you, I was like, but are you listening to what I'm saying? He said, yeah, but I need to make sure you're safe right now. I was like, we don't need saving. I was like, I was like, the kids do. He's like, yeah, but I ain't got time for that right now. And that's the problem. I was waiting for him to say either he hasn't got time or he can't. He, he's like, he can't. He can't be bothered or you know, some along them lines. All right, I can't look at that right now. That's the problem that we face. People don't want to look at it. People don't want to face it. I'm like, literally, grow some balls, will you? And just like understand that this isn't about us. This isn't about me. This isn't. This is about the kids. Like this, for me, it's just about the children. Like we need to, for every bone in our body, stop these cycles of abuse. Because like I said at the start, if not, it's a very slippery slope to your kids thinking it's okay to be a sugar baby. And the last thing they want to do is sell their soul for money because that's what I did and I'm telling you it will lead you to a dark place it's not pretty there's bad mental health there the amount of girls that are cloned because of the way that they look with this, with their plastic surgery people are promoting their insecurities from people like Kim Kardashian you know things like Tawi. like I don't judge anyone that watches that stuff I'm just saying that that is feeding you insecurities and um, these people have bad mental health like and they are they are doing that like covering that up and we are going in now into a society where we either go into, you know, um, a, I guess a new world order narrative or we go into a new earth narrative and I, I am I'm rooting for this new earth because I know that we can be equal. We Everyone can have abundance. Um, the children are fucking safe, um, you know, and we can live off the land a bit more, do you know what I mean? And we're not focused on this matrix of I need to get on top of people, I need to get this, the chains, the, the watches, the women... Ugh, like, honestly. Do you do yoga and meditation? I do. <laughs> yeah, I need to. Can you not tell if I don't? I'm already excited. Like, honestly, I, I can never sit still for the life of me anyway. So, But it did take me about a year to learn how to meditate because my brain wouldn't shut up. I need to still know. Yeah, it's going... It does, it does. Yeah, and I think yeah. now you can accept that you have them thoughts, but then you just go back to your heartbeat and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it's tools like this. Like I feel like that should be taught in school. Yeah, um, I don't. That can actually help people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that in, if you're gonna put them in detention, make them meditate in there. Yeah, put some good idea. Beats on it's like writing like, bloody lines. Yeah, like, like I will not do this. Like, <laughs> what? Come on, like this is the Simpsons. Like you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, they know more truth than the frigging news, though, don't they? <laughs> I go to them for my answers now. I'm like, what's gonna happen next, guys? Um, so yeah, but. 
yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a mad journey, but I just feel I'm at a point now where I can really just be comfortable with so if someone did sag me off because I know what I'm trying to do. Because you're over the target. The more know, we're over the, the more target. flat. I yeah. know, mate. Wait till yeah. they see what the fuck's coming. They <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I'm excited. Like I signed up for this. Like I, 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 because I'm so spiritual now. I know I chose this life, and I'm like, you know, I'm like thinking to myself, like. I know now my reward at the end is to be my old rasta lady with my ganja farm in the last 10 years. But <laughs> for the next 60 years, they're fucking screwed, mate. I'm coming mm. for him, for the juggler, mate. Like, Good. I am oh, but side by side with you, mm. Sean, like, and mm. the likes of you and the likes of John Wedger and, and Alex Rose Betts and all the people out there who are on the front line that are out here doing this, you know what I mean? And I've, I've been able to... Um, get some amazing people on board my organisation now as well and people are looking to start, you know, um, putting money, like, a part of their businesses towards it and I think that's when we can realise, like, we it's it's little people doing a lot, of, a lot, a lot of people doing little bits, do you know what I mean? This isn't about it falling on one's shoulders, um, this isn't an ego trip in this mission, like, this is about us all coming together as one um, and we have leaders that have led the led or that have been doing it like before, like you and Wilfred Wong and John Wedger, like, and then it's like you know now we we need to step up in our generation to be that next generation to continue this because I think the light work's gonna have to keep going for a few years. We are gaining light. I think more people are waking up. Um, but we need more, and I think once we get the majority, that's when Babylon faded. Like, <laughs> like, <literally laughs> massively, like Babylon will fall. We will realize that this system has never served us. It's never wanted to serve us. It's always wanted to divide us so that we can fight each other as opposed to fighting for each other. And um, yeah, I, I truly think that this is, I, I hope, I mean, because I know that um, uh, Ghislaine got done, didn't she, for trafficking the 14-year-old recently? She just got another charge. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 Love it. Now we're like, there, you scumbags. <laughs> and this is why I feel like maybe um, this could be the the great awakening, who knows? Like, And I, because I am spiritual, like I know about the age of Aquarius and I'm really into that. So I know that what it's about and it's about collective consciousness and i i see more people coming every day i see more people stepping up every day and i'm so proud of everyone in this movement um i don't like everyone in this movement but i still know that because <laughs> i don't we're not going to agree with everyone are we babe no. but if everyone has the mission of saving the children like i'm down for you do you know what i mean like i really don't care about what label you are um I just think we have to have that common narrative as well because it would just it would just diffuse all of the labels and we won't be like oh yeah you're a white man and you're a black woman do you know what I mean like it would be like mate we're just brethrens and we're here to save the world like let's do it like <laughs> stay with the mission and stay yeah. You know, we've all got to support each other. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And even if we don't get along with everyone, we just have to be like, hi and bye, we're on the same mission. Mm -hmm. Like, And I think sometimes, like, you know, people can get their ego in this mission. Like, But people have to remember that it's really not about us. This is about the future generations. And um, that's why I love that we both go into the schools where we're doing what we've got to do. But you <laughs> would have seen it change so long. I mean, you would have been in the schools well longer than me. Ten years. Wow, ten years, mate, and mm -hmm. you—you will—I've—I've I've been in like like the past five years, and I have seen kids' skirts get short. Of like, one of the mums messaged me the other day, and she was like, "I can't find a knee-length skirt for my kids, Sam," and I was like, "What?" Like, and it's mad because in school I got the shortest skirt award. 
Like, what is that about? Like, sorry, mate, but my the, school's the, a bit the weird. the knife crime and the county lines, I've just, it's, oh all just come, yeah, it's all just gone crazy. It really has, it really has. And that's why if we don't do this now, I am guaranteeing you a more slippery slope than what we've got, like... So you're going to have loads of people watching this who are going to want to reach out to you then. Oh. Is there anything you want to say to them in conclusion? Oh, my God, I'm used to talking at you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> which one do I look at? Sorry, we have... So that's, that that one right there is on you, the one nearest okay. to me is okay. right on you. Lovely. Yeah. Um, I guess I really just want people to know that they really are powerful um, and I want people to understand that I am one of many, many, many stories out there that are similar to mine. And I am here to put a voice to the voiceless. Um, so thank you for taking the time to listen to me. <laughs> and um, thank you for caring for the kids. Because I'm telling you, if we, if I, 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 a kid couldn't have survived what I went through. Um, and we need to do that for them. And um, thanks to Sean. Uh -oh. and thanks <laughs> to you guys. Cute. Thanks to all of you guys as well for supporting yes, our work. You're amazing. And um, all of Samantha's links are going to be in the description box below this video. So please, you know, help her along on her mission. Um, huge thank you to all the new subscribers. Subscription logos down there. Yes, boys. It should be more than six six. Please, by the end of this, like we need to get it to six six seven by the end of this, like because. But I did say we would change that into a good narrative when we would switch it to the angel numbers, not the darker numbers. Definitely. That bastard's following me. So, so please let us know in the comments what you thought about this. Please let us know if you like Samantha to come back on. Oh. I already know from the 30 minute one, <laughs> you know, generally um, all the love and respect and support. Yeah. So thank, <laughs> thanks for, for helping that along. Oh, my all right. Man. So here's, here's the Arizona prison handshake first. Is this what we do? And then bump fist. Right. And then give me a hug. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent.